and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to The Conspiracy Castle. I'm your conspiracy asshole. It's time to unplug from the Matrix. Let's go, baby. You know, the internet's going a little slow. It's taking taking too long for all the streams to go out there, but we're just going to grind and we're going to shine. It doesn't matter. They don't want us to stream because they don't want you to know what we're about to say. That's right, we got a very special guest, Michael Horn, guys. He's going to talk about UFO. UFOlogy is what we're going to talk about. And uh, he's here talking about the Billy Meyer contacts. And so with all that, I just want to say, guys, it's Primetime 99, Alex Stein. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. Michael Horn, how are you doing this evening, Michael? I love your your, your intro. Just you think? Yeah. I, I feel like I was low energy tonight. I feel low energy because my internet's going so slow. I'm really frustrated about it. Sorry, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, I was going to say, I, I couldn't think of anybody uh, probably more different, uh, you know, generationally and approach-wise than you. And that's why I actually contacted you to be on your show. Yeah, Michael, I'm Primetime 99. I'm the one, the only. They broke the mold. There's no, I'm not cookie cutter. That's why I like you, Michael. I'm a, I'm a unique guy. I'm an eccentric, odd fellow. And that's why I like other people like yourself. And so, uh, you know, uh, Michael, you know, there's a lot of skepticism with UFOs, and, and, and I really want to get into it. But let me tell you something. Before we start off, this is my problem with UFOs. I believe they're a distraction technique by the Pentagon and by the government in order to steal our loose or our good vibration, you know, steal our good energy and we focus it on that and it kind of keeps us in like you know this insignificant there's this higher form of life i'm less than you know what i mean it kind of creates this poo poo on you you don't have a spaceship you're you're not you're not cool so it's kind of a nega i think aliens ufos is a psychological operation now i'm not saying there aren't interdimensional beings or they're not beings i'm just saying the ufo that the government describes to us i believe is if the government tells us it's it's raining, then it's they're peeing on us. You know what I mean? It's they it's the opposite of whatever they tell us. I believe from the government. I don't uh, disagree with a lot of that. Actually, um, as a matter of fact, one of the things that gets me in trouble online and other places is that I am quite vocally opposed to the, what I consider to be the disinformation program being promoted by the Pentagon and by a couple of prominent people who've been in the intelligence community for a long time. And uh, I think they're interesting people, these two guys, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon, but in my opinion, they are promoting uh, <clears throat> what I would call a lot of, uh, well, disinformation. Uh, the Pentagon released grainy UFO videos. And I am of the opinion that a lot of that's behind that is to cover up the information, the material, in the case that I represent and that I've researched for about 42 years. So I am not somebody who's going to say, oh no, all UFO stuff. Most UFO stuff, in my opinion, is secret military and or it is distraction, again, to keep us from not, not just, let's say, knowing that we're okay ourselves, which would be great to know that we are responsible human beings who create our lives and, and have a world full of wonderful things that we are responsible for. There is 
a bunch of other stuff. Let's put it that way. There's another side to what's going on that is, and we can, you know, get into it here. But just to be, you know, clear with you and your audience from the get-go, so you'll know, I represent a case in which there are photographs like this behind me, which is one of a series of nine photos. Yeah, but that but that photo that photo looks kind of funny, doesn't it? I mean, sure. what year is that photo? Come on, oh, come 19. on, just just looking at it, just looking at it right now, and I'm not trying to bust your chops. You know what I mean? No, 1976 analog, no digital stuff here. Now, let me give you a, you know a little more because I know people how people feel about this stuff, and that's fair. Me- and I want to give you as much deference and leeway, you know, as possible. I don't mean to jump on you at all. You know, please, Michael, feel free to say whatever you want. I don't mean to. I do seem aggressive sometimes, but I'm just being contrarian. So please go ahead. Be who you are. I'll try and remember to be me. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Okay. Be yourself. Yes. We are so, live. People are asking. We are live right now. Yes, yeah. we are. So Behind me is another one of the photos. Let me let me get into the photo part for a moment. We can get back to it because the photos are not the most important thing, but what you are looking at is one of about 1,200 plus pre-digital era UFO photos taken by a Swiss man who has one hand, who also took UFO films and video and produced samples of metals, sound recordings, a lot of interesting stuff, independently analyzed by real legitimate experts, authenticated. And that's the tip of the iceberg. He took photos even from inside a craft, took two of those photos. Here's one taken at night above Switzerland. We can get into it because a lot of people say, when you see a photo like this, for instance, you're going to say, oh my gosh, this thing has just got to be a a hoax. It can't be real. We have 64 photos of this craft, some taken as close as 15 feet away. This is the tip of the iceberg. The UFOs are the starting point of this. There's a higher standard proof and there's a reason for all this. So I'm, I'm very comfortable getting into any and all of it and just presenting information so people can make up their own minds. Yeah. So um, first question is, how did that guy get so lucky and get so much uh, footage of those shit, you know, of the UFOs? You've just touched on a question that nobody really ever asks in ufology, one of several, because people don't take into account that if this man really did take 1,200 primarily daytime photos like these, how did he know to be there for these photo ops? How did the five other people who photograph these as well and the over 100 eyewitnesses ever know to be in these places at this time? And the answer is, this is something he was intended to do in this life, if you will. It's a mission, if you will, that he took on. This is a man who survived nearly 24 attempts in his life, kidnapping attempts against his children at knife point, most documented thing. And I... I can tell you haven't heard about this before, more than likely. And yet- Billy Meyer, is this who we're talking about? Billy Meyer. This is yeah. this is the guy we're talking about. This is, okay, right. sorry, go ahead. And well, I just is- briefly looked at it because because you reached out to me and I said, hey, this guy Absolutely. looks interesting. Come on, the conspiracy castle. No fault here. I'm, I'm making a different point, which is this: <laughs> if what I'm saying is true, that this is singularly authentic, still ongoing context with one man for very specific reasons pertaining to our future survival. How come this isn't what everybody's talking about? How come Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon don't want to answer these questions? Literally, I've been all over Twitter 
harassing these guys answer the question is this well, is well they just i think they just did a poll and I, and i forget who did it some big uh, twitter person they said if the government told you aliens existed what would you do and there's three choices and it was like you know freak out uh not freak out or be indifferent i think everybody was indifferent it was overwhelmingly people were indifferent people didn't act like they care like like what you what this is what i'm saying you know in the movie mars attacks one of the best movies ever made i'm sure you've seen mars attacks right You've seen that. You've never seen the movie Mars Attacks of Jack Nicholson. Literally one of the best Martian movies ever. It's a remake. It's a it's literally one of the best casts ever. But basically in that movie, it gives you that idea of what you're talking about is where the humans are so excited about the aliens. We're like, oh, man. Oh, we love aliens. Like everybody's celebrating all the TVs. But see, sadly, I don't leave, I think society is so dumbed down and so fluoridated. If they told you, oh, there's some guys, some beings that fly around, they would be like oh well those are just like those whales in the sea that i can't interact with i know they exist but they're not coming in my living room so why do i give a shit about them excuse my friends so that's what i'm saying i think that's a lot of people are like yeah i'm sure i've heard about my cousin getting anally probed by an alien but so what until that probes up my butt why am i gonna worry about it type situation I mean, you know what i mean it's kind of like people are just so worried about paying their bills and their college debt they don't have time to worry about an alien here's the thing the UFOs are interesting. I have had seven sightings. I've been within 20 feet of one of the small crafts from this particular race, anecdotal. And I wouldn't ever walk in and say, I can prove those sightings, irrelevant. UFOs, interesting, not the most important thing. We cannot do anything with UFOs. It's for another purpose. And all of the people that get all excited about UFOs and aliens, Never bother to consider they cannot do anything with the UFO. There's got to be a reason for this. And the alien part, extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call it, we're not going to meet these people. They're not coming down to shake our hands or to talk to us. There's got to be a reason. If this is true, if this is true, what is the reason for it? We've sent this information for over 10 years to SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. They know it's true. We have a petition out to actually force them to reveal it. They won't talk about it. They won't acknowledge it. But again, my first question too, hey, real quick about the crafts. I wanted to ask this, I wrote this down and, and I'm sorry to cut, I'm very interested. Are the crafts are always seen above water? Is it possible they're coming in and out of water? Is that, I mean, is that the theory? Because we can't, you know, that would be a very stealth place to be the ocean. You just, you said the magic word, hold on. What's right behind me are photographs that I personally discovered in Utah history. And the only reason I'm jumping to that is because these were taken ostensibly at Groom Lake, Nevada, 1981. And what you see up there behind my left ear is a then top secret F, what was it, 117A stealth fighter. These photos were taken by the lead investigator in this case ostensibly time travel was involved. We can get into that, but the photos are real. Uh, this has blown a lot of people's minds, but you mentioned water. These are the only photos in this case that I know of, in this case, that are in any way connected to being photographed over water. In the photo that you thought was a little bit funny, this one you'll notice photographed by a tree. And the reason they were photographed near trees, the trees are of known sizes. 
the species of the trees were actually determined by forestry experts. People don't even know all this stuff. And they were determined to be real trees, not models, not miniatures, approximately 40 feet high. They had the species and all. The forestry guys did not know what the hell this thing was, and it wasn't important for them to. We wanted to know, the original investigators who preceded me, originally doing the investigation, this case goes back to 1964. This is something else. So photo, we have a series of nine of these photos, things going around the tree. They photographed next to trees and houses and things so people could have a scale reference. If you look, you can see the reflection here, tree, sky, what have you, all that. And the skeptics have for years tried to say this is a model. And even though we've had people from NASA and even the United States Air Force OSI analyze these photos and say, these are real, these are legit, these aren't hoaxes. On the, on the photos I just was showing you, I discovered these in a warehouse, there's actually seven of them. A guy who was an expert who worked at Kodak took a look at these as a favor, not into UFOs. He reported back, he looked at the numbers on the back of this thing. He said, this is consistent with the way these things, the information on photographs developed in the 1980s. That's a real object in the foreground. That's a real jet behind it. It's not a hoax. So it's not even that I'm here to prove that the UFO stuff is real. We've done that. We have people who are world-class experts. The skeptics don't talk about it. They want to attack it. Eventually, we'll come around to the reason, and you'll probably even object to some of the information in there. But when you realize that the prophetic information in this case trumps anything that anybody throughout history has ever published, um, and then the reason for these prophecies from these people who ostensibly, if they're real, are quite significantly ahead of us. All yours. Do you have an air fryer, Michael, at your house? <laughs> I just bought a charcoal grill and I saw your thing for an air fryer. And I thought, did I make a mistake here? No, I'm telling you, I this air fryer, if somebody went in the chat said, ask him if he has an air fryer, I was like, oh, that's just making me laugh. That's so funny. I'm telling you, Michael, the air fryer is unbelievable. I can't, I air fried something tonight. I don't even want to talk about the air fryer. We're done with the air fryer. Done with the air fryer jokes. I had to ask him because he made me laugh. No, and listen, Michael, I respect you because, listen, I talk about conspiracies. People are like, oh, you're such a fraud, a liar. You know, I get called it a lot. So I'm not going to come here and poo-poo on you and, and call you a liar because I don't I don't think you're a liar. I really don't. I think you're being very honest. But what I'm saying is people aren't going to, you know, people are going to say, oh, you guys are lying. You guys are making this up, which I get it. Like the people are going to listen. They're going to call us nuts. But this is my thing with aliens. I've been to Marfa, Texas, and I remember I saw a thing called the Marfa Lights. I don't know if you're familiar with the Marfa Lights, but there are these lights, these three lights. That, that they say they don't know what they are. They just, every night, they just shine there. And I'm saying, I remember seeing that as a kid and not having answers. And, and, and that's supposedly, I don't know if it's a tourist trap or what, but they don't know. I mean, they, they don't know what this is. So there is questions to this universe. So we don't have all, we don't have every answer to everything. And for anybody to tell you that they do have every answer and to tell you they know everything is just full of crock, full of bullcrap. So I don't want to say you're full of bull crap at all, but tell me a little more about this Billy Meyer guy, because he seems like he's really important. And what is his connection with all this? Billy Meyer is a very interesting man for a number of reasons. Number one reason would be because he's had experiences that nobody else on earth has had, and he's been able to prove it. Number two is because in person, he's 
I, this word, I don't mean it as uh, derogatory. I, I mean it with the greatest respect. He's an ordinary man. He doesn't push, he doesn't speak about UFOs. Uh, he lets other people who are interested in his evidence speak about the UFOs. He doesn't carry on about uh, extraterrestrials. He publishes, he's published over 45,000 pages of information. Now, you just mentioned something a moment ago. We don't know everything about the universe. Um, a couple of years back, I went up to what's known as the USGS, United States Geological Survey, that has offices up in Flagstaff, Arizona. And the reason I went is because that is one of the locations where they are doing imaging work on the Mars rover. And I got the name of the lead guy doing the imaging work, a guy named Ken Herkenhoff. I brought him three pages of information about Mars that he didn't know that Billy Meyer had published up to 20 or more years ago. Wait a minute. He published that information prior to NASA discovering it. And it's been proved to be impeccably prophetically accurate. Information we didn't know. I have published information from this man, Billy Meyer, about Jupiter, Venus, Pluto, the two planets. He published before, 50 years before we ever discovered it, he published that there would be two small planetoids beyond Pluto that would be discovered after the turn of the millennium. And they were. He published information about a moon of Jupiter that he said was the most volcanically active body in the solar system. He published that five and a half months before the Voyager probe got there and discovered it. That's the tip of the iceberg. That's where my mind gets taken for the bigger ride. The UFO is interesting, fabulous. I can't do anything with it. But there's a reason these people have given us information we didn't have until then. So whatever the folks online want to say about it or chide me about it, I'm glad to answer questions and challenges. Oh, you're killing me though. I love your, I love your, like your delivery and your presence, Michael. I love everything about you, but I just think everything on Mars is such a fraud. If you think that they got a Chinese rover there today, give me a break. Those Chinese, they couldn't even make a freaking car if they didn't have the blueprint from America. And I love Chinese people. I'm not anti-China. I'm just saying they are the best at counterfeiting stuff. So all they did is they saw how America could fake the Mars thing and now they're faking it. So when they tell me that there's a, a rover that they're connecting with it's a lot to me like the 1969 moon landings michael let me tell you something from 1969 to 1972 they tell you that we were able to go to the moon six times so go through the van allen radiation belts 12 times because they're back they're back it doesn't make any sense and i think anything from nasa when they made up those moon missions no way buzz aldrin Michael Collins, were ever even, and Neil Armstrong, ever even near the moon, in my opinion. So when we start talking about these planets, I'm like, oh, I hate NASA. I hate NASA. Okay, let me give you something here, because strangely enough, part of what you just said was published in 1958, before the moon landing. This man published information that the United States of America in 1969 would announce that it had launched 
a successful landing to the moon, which would be a hoax, and that the way it would be established and proved subsequently to be real would be that the Apollo 13 mission, which supposedly would get in trouble in space, would, now you can disagree with, I'm just giving you the information from that was published. That's fair, right? that's what I'm saying. Just please, okay. I'm not gonna jump on you. I just, I wanna hear it. I, I love all so here's, of this. Here's what happens. In the Apollo mission, according to this information. And, this, and Apollo 13 was when they made the movie about Tom Hanks. So correct. this is supposed to be a special mission. Supposed to be the big crisis. That object landed on the moon. The artifacts that would be necessary, the rover, the flags, the foot, all this, were put in that area at that time, and that mission returned safely. So we can leave the rest of it alone, but just so you know, the first information challenging the American moon landing of 69 was published 11 years before that by my friend in Switzerland, who already at that time, in a document that foretells a whole bunch of stuff that also occurred, foretold the hoaxed moon landing. And this is Billy Meyer. This is Billy Meyer. This is why I like we Billy Meyer. I like Billy Meyer for that, at least calling him out. Go ahead. UFO photos, as interesting as they are. And there will be things here. I guarantee you, when I tell you more about things that are happening today, you will roundly disagree. You will say, no, that can't be true. But there are things here that you and your audience at least need to know is in this material. Because if you vet the material from this man, you're going to find out that probably some of the things that you think are true or that are false are opposite what you think at this point. Nothing to believe. We don't have any beliefs and we're not political. So you can have a go at it. No, I'm interested. I'm, I want you to get on to Billy Meyer, but before I go, so the yeah. most famous person in UFOlogy, if I'm saying that correctly, is is uh, Bob Lazar, right? So so does he have any sort of relationship with Bob Lazar? Is that is he government side? Because I believe that if Bob Lazar is not is telling the truth that he actually saw government documents and the government gave him those documents to see, you know, so then obviously he's just a pawn in their game, like a chess match, go say this. I mean, it's so easy to influence people, whether it's MK Ultra, whether it's not even MK Ultra, just, you know, setting up a scenario where they basically have only certain options on how to act. And I think with Bob Lazar, that's what happened with him. He was a governmental right. agent. I'll answer that. I like your skepticism and I don't mind if it's directed at me in this, because I like the fact that you're not swallowing anybody's party line. That being said, Here's about Bob Lazar. In 1987, Las Vegas newscaster George Knapp, who's now, again, very big on the internet, Bob Lazar, government and all this, was having a conversation with Bob Lazar. The transcript is online. I found it. 1987, he and Bob Lazar are talking about Billy Meyer and his UFO photos. Yes, George Lazar is saying, they're amazing. I went to see the investigators. It's all real, blah, blah. Now, George Knapp won't talk about Billy Meyer. He's talking about George, Bob Lazar. And Billy Meyer raised one question about Bob Lazar. He said, well, if Bob Lazar is telling the truth, why is he still alive? Um, your government is not very fond of people breaking confidentiality and NDA. And so I would take what Bob Lazar says with a grain of salt. 
I personally uh, would side with that opinion and with your own skepticism. Nobody's good. Don't shoot at Bob Lazar. People have shot at Billy Meyer enough. I've interviewed 14 eyewitnesses, bullet holes I've seen him. It's that's why you don't why? know. Because the government, but I know, but the people want to kill Billy Meyer just for Absolutely. exposing this. I mean, yeah. uh, and that's why he lives, you know, kind of a, a not a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a hermit. I'm not calling him a hermit. I don't know his lifestyle. I'm just saying, but out of the public eye, I don't know what that word for. It's not the reason he, that he lives there. It's just that he has for over 40 years lived. He's a Swiss man. He lives in a somewhat remote part of Switzerland. He has a number of people that help him with the publishing and all that. You know, it's it's a, you know what the head of Switzerland is? The Illuminati, they say, is all based out of Switzerland. You know, they say oh, that's where a lot of the social engineers come out of Switzerland. Does he gamble? Have you visited him in Switzerland? I've been there 20 times in the past 21 years. I've, Have you been to a casino in Switzerland? He, he, I don't think you're going to find him in a casino, but I, I'm not a gambler myself, so I didn't go. I'm not a Vegas very fan. high class. I know I don't like, yeah, I don't, but the very high class casinos and such are a very nice place. Yeah, yeah, top the of the super line place. Beautiful place, those people, know most beautiful place on earth. Interlock in yeah. Switzerland is the most yes. beautiful place. Yes, and but you know what? McDonald's, 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 you know how much a Big Mac is in Switzerland? It's $17 for a Big Mac meal. And this was in 2007, I think, or 2006 when I was there. $17 for the Big Mac meal. But it's worth it because the McDonald's is so nice. I don't even eat McDonald's anymore. But I'm saying it's so, it's, it's not, it's like eating at a nice, like a Shake Shack. It's, it's not a crappy fast food there. In Switzerland, it's, you know, middle of the range. It's a nice McDonald's. But uh, have you eaten at the McDonald's in Switzerland? I've eaten at McDonald's in Switzerland. I had a quarter pounder. The places are immaculate. They're spotless, like just about everything in Switzerland. The hamburger was crap, but the place was beautiful. It was expensive, like you're saying. And I did it twice, two different years, to see if it would get better. So I don't go to McDonald's in Switzerland for hamburgers. Yeah, you don't. Well, you know what I mean? I was a broke college kid, and we went there, and we ate at McDonald's. We were backpacked to Europe. We ate at McDonald's in every city because we're broke. You know what I mean? But even there is 17. I remember trying to save money. We're trying, it's, it's Switzerland's so expensive. The McDonald's is 20 bucks, guys, yeah. for the just the meal with the medium soda, not all supersized. Like if you get if you get the meal you want, I remember in Italy at the beginning of the trip we started in Rome, I spent like thirty three dollars. I got my normal McDonald's meal. I got like a twenty piece nuggets. They there they only have ten pieces, so I got two ten pieces. It was like thirty something. I'm saying thirty three. They're gonna think I'm Illuminati. I'm just saying it was in the thirty dollar range. It's unreal, but it's a it's not better. It's just different because it's uh, a delic delicacy there, I guess, because they don't have as many of them. I don't know where we're talking about McDonald's. I love it, but I'm just jealous that he's in Switzerland living that life. Um, and do you think the people that were trying to take him out were part of a global government or a United Nations type government? Or do you think it was more like central, like a more individual people that had a beef with him? From, according to the speculation and according to the information, two types. Um, Secret service people from various countries and highly religious people who think that he's the devil incarnate. So um, a very interesting thing happened. We have a film out. And by the way, I'll give this film away to anybody that's on your, you know, watch. This I have the link. I have the, and, and for everybody, the link to your channel is in the description, guys, to Michael's channel. The link is there and it is uh, fly. They fly TV. The link to all your videos. Is that, is that a good place to send them in the description? I have a film that's not on there. It's called the silent revolution of truth. We, we filmed it in 2006, put it out in 2008. 
I'll give it away for free to anybody that's listening to your show that writes me. Okay, here's the thing about it. In there, Meyer had a dream this one night that someone was going to try to kill him the next day. He took an agenda book, put a metal plate in it, put it in his shirt pocket, and put a leather jacket on over it, went for the walk that he was going to take. A woman came out with a big handgun, shot him right at that spot, ran away. Uh, we had and he lived because he put the medal. So this guy's clairvoyant. I like Billy Meyer. He's got a, this guy's good, Billy Meyer. But keep going. Sorry, I cut you off. That's well, and, 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 and it was able to stop the bullet and he lived and it knocked the crap out of him, obviously. Well, we have the in the film, we show the bullet, we show the agenda book, the metal plate, the whole thing. It's, you know, part of the artifacts of this case that are so damn fascinating. And well, speak of that, th this is a just thing, and I know I'm not saying that, but two guys just got arrested. They they were they got drunk during the coronavirus, and they put on bulletproof vests and shot each other at 22s. And they actually arrested both the people, though. But that just, I just read that today, uh, that article. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, right. speaking of getting shot, we're well, in a weird well, world. But so he gets shot in the movie. Sorry. Okay, uh, so what happens is it was some months later he got a phone call from the woman who shot him, and she said, "Look." Um, I want to apologize to you. Can I come and see you? And he says, yes, of course. So the woman- What? Came, Billy, why you uh, said yes? This Billy guy's a nut. That's the nuttiest thing he said so far is yes to that. Everything, well, alien stuff is normal. That's crazy. That's yes. I'd say, no way, Jose. I'm sorry. The, uh, sure, sure, sure. I got ex-girlfriends I don't want coming back. Must have somebody well, that shot me. Fortunately, it wasn't an ex-girlfriend. That would have probably been very dangerous. But this woman was a stranger, and she said to him, are you going to turn me into the police? And he said, no, I'm not. And she said, well, why? And he said, well, you've come to apologize, and, you know, I understand this, and I just get what it, you know, people say, ah, oh, it's too crazy. Look, there's people that he's not going to sit down with who've tried to kill him. Um, there are some serious things. There'll be some news about that this coming month. I am not at liberty to say more about it, but he's a very interesting man. He was known as the Phantom in the Middle East in the 1950s. He was hired by police departments in West Pakistan, Turkey, and India to bring in serial killers and mass murderers because he had nerves of steel. He was highly skilled with a handgun. He couldn't be intimidated. You know who this guy sounds like? He sounds like L. Ron Hubbard a little bit, Michael. Have you ever no. heard that? He gives me an L. Ron Hubbard vibe Ooh. a little. Please, no. He's a, to me, I, I've often said he reminds me of Lawrence of Arabia meets Luke Skywalker. Indiana Jones. And Indiana Jones. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we've got photographs of him in, the, in this garb, like Middle Eastern garb. He's wearing the thing here, a Swiss jacket with a cross packing up a 357 Magnum or something. And he's just sitting there. He, he, he met people like Saddam Hussein, Indira Gandhi, Tito Franco, people. During a period of his time as a young man, he was taken by one of his extraterrestrial human teachers to meet people who either were or would be major players on the world stage for various reasons. Again, there's nothing to believe here. No one, 
all right, I'm blue. That's fine. No, you're not making anybody believe it. But I have a question. So since yes, he, he sure. talks to different these these beings, are do aliens? Because I know you're not. You don't know know everything. But obviously, there's different kinds. Like like I always think of the greys with the big head. But what what or how do the, how does he, these beings? And I'm sure there's different ones because I also think like Men in Black. You know, they showed the hundred different aliens. You know, I, I kind of imagine it being like that in a way. Um, but but what is how does he describe it? Like how many different kinds are there? Are they different races or species or, or how does it work? The, according to this information, which I found fascinating, our universe—not our solar system, but our universe—is teeming with human life and other life forms. The things that we call the Greys, again, according to this, were androids. These were not extraterrestrial humans. They were. Androids, you spoke before about <clears throat> a certain type of probe. When extraterrestrials want to gain information, no, they're not using these people to probe people that way. They send scout craft oftentimes so that they themselves aren't going to be brought down by radar or what have you, which was the case in, in the Roswell situation. There have been a number of these crashes. These were androids. Most were dead there were a couple that were living that survived for a period of time. There are no existing, from what, according to this case, there are no existing gray androids abducting anybody. And yet, yes, there are other extraterrestrial beings. We have, we face no threat. This is why I really don't like this Pentagon thing. It's a big setup for war with Russia and China, if you want to know my opinion. Okay, since 1915, the U.S. and other countries have known about extraterrestrials and their craft. They saw them over the battlefields of Europe, World War I. Wilson was among the leaders who, even with their antagonists, agreed to a conspiracy of silence, just not to address this. Because at first, the protagonists all thought these things must be the secret weapon of the Americans or the Germans. Or the and then when nobody's being attacked by anything, they're going, wait a minute, this isn't from here. That's pretty scary. But then they realize nobody is being threatened. And, you know, the world wants to do war. They do war. We are not under threat, certainly from the real extraterrestrials in the Meyer case. And others that happen to be around the planet have it. This is nonsense. Look, it drove me nuts when they came out with this threat thing because since we You're talking know about what's in the news? You're talking about what just came out yesterday is how they, they identified a, a, a UFO or what are you talking well, they, about threat? I'm unaware of what threat you're talking about. Yeah, this whole thing with the Pentagon, I, you know, I put this thing up before about the Pentagon releasing grainy videos. This goes back to last year and they were talking about threat assessment. And I'm going, wait a minute, how stupid do they think people are? We know there's an extraterrestrial presence with the Meyer thing. We know there's probably some others around, but if there was an advanced race that could threaten us, they would have done it. They're not going to play cat and mouse. This is so, and then we're going to give our government six months to come up with a report. Well, I think you made a real good point, Rose. Like if we found some other life, even though humans are terrible, we're dirt, 
we're so social justice warriors, we wouldn't want to kill the animals. There'd be people that would like, protest for, you know, alien rights, alien rights. So I, I think an alien, I'm just telling you, I think an, an advanced alien situation that we don't, we, we make animals go extinct, species of animals, because we're idiots. If we, if we did make, if we did do, if we did make aliens go extinct, it'd be we did it on accident because we, you know, we made their habitat messed up, in my opinion. I don't think we're like, even though humans are idiots and liars or whatever, we have a lot of faults. I don't think we would try to go kill some other race of, of beings, even if we found it. I don't think it would be instant war, in my opinion. I think uh, we we try to make friends. According to information on this, the real history in our universe, the real history of our Earth, it has included some rather outrageous things where people have invaded and dominated and destroyed planets. But that isn't what we're faced with. So when we have our friend here, lovable Lou Elizondo, supposedly a former spook, who's running around talking about threat assessment, those of us who know that this is baloney are speaking up. I have posted so many things on Twitter challenging Lou to talk about this Meyer case. There's no threat here. What are you talk? Why won't you talk about it? Lou has a pledge. I will always tell the truth. I will push for full disclosure. Drives me crazy. What are you talking about? This is what people have to understand. A real threat, we'd be, we'd be toast by now, and we wouldn't have, we would have, no aliens or anybody else who's sophisticated is going to give up the element of surprise. That doesn't happen. So this is BS. And all the people on Twitter and everybody worshiping this silly Pentagon information are being taken for a ride, and it's not on a UFO. Is yes. this the guy? Is is this the Lou Elizondo? Is he the head of the this new leak or whatever? I because I'm really not. I've heard that name, but I'm not familiar with what he looks like. This is the Lou Elizondo guy. So, yeah, and I, I mean, I've been having some fun, you know, with lovable Lou here, and uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff. Well, was he military or something? I mean, what is his? What is Lou, who is he? And Lou was ostensibly, and I don't have any reason to not believe it. Uh, he was in charge of an advanced aerial. Uh, kind of threat program for about, I think, um, something like a minimum of 10 years with the Pentagon. He then partnered up with a rock and roller named Tom DeLong to create the... Yeah, Bear, are you kidding? You say rock and roller, Tom DeLong, Blink-182 was my number one band when I was a kid. I mean, all the small things. I mean, that was the number one song ever. I'm telling you, Tom DeLong. I mean, dude, I'm a Blink-182. Oh. Take off your... They had the best album name ever. It was called Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Like, and it was just, you know, like, take, and it was a picture of taking off your pants and jacket, but you know what they meant, take off your pants. It, they're just so, they're very good. So Tom DeLong, how, what is Tom DeLong? Okay. Is he connected with Billy Meyer? Let's get into Tom DeLong. Well, he uses Billy Meyer's photos without giving him credit. I'll fill you in a little What? Bit. We need to call out Tom DeLong. We need to yeah, call out, um, I'm going to call out Tom DeLong, yeah. but go ahead, sorry. So here's the thing. Tom DeLong, Lou Elizondo, Christopher Mellon of the Mellon Banking family, another former intelligence person in the government formed an organization a couple years back called to the stars or towards the stars academy they were supposedly all about ufo disclosure but their main specialty was raising money apparently elizondo and mellon recently parted company with tom delong and they started as soon as this pentagon releasing their crappy quality video they come forward with this threat assessment and the government has to look at this our airspace is being invaded and stuff that only morons are going to believe again no advanced race that has it in for us 
would have allowed this to go, wouldn't play cat and mouse, they wouldn't give up the element of surprise, our weaponry would be no match for it anyhow. So there's another agenda here. And by the way, I'll say, you talked before about... Well, wait, real quick. Uh, no, no. Oh, okay, well, gosh, you're going to say something good, but if an alien space race came down in an alien race... Our our weapons have we have no chance in a battle versus aliens in your opinion? No. Wow. Zero. Look, if if it's true that there's extraterrestrials that travel here from hundreds of light years away, their technology on all levels is going to exceed ours. Plus, in the universe, there's good and bad. It's not like the space brothers are all out there love and light, as nice as it might be. But really, they're not light. social justice warriors. They don't have space lives matters. They don't have SLM there. No, but I'll tell you something. Do they not? Because here in America, we have space lives matter, SLM. And if you do anything from somebody from space, that's a crime. That's a hate crime. SLM, space lives matter. Well, I'll give you something that you can object to probably more strong. I'll give you a couple elements that I think you'll disagree with that Billy Meyer is the first person to bring forward. And that includes that Meyer is the first person to warn specifically at the age of 14 in 1951 about unnatural man-made climate change, global warming, damage to the ozone, and a coming increase in frequency and intensity of destructive weather and environmental tectonic geological phenomenon, meaning earthquakes, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, storms, blizzards, et cetera. And, and one thing I think you're going to say, we can't talk about the shot thing because they, they get us for medical stuff. So even though I know we're, you know, I think he was a forefront. I read on your tweet. That's like any, I've gotten strikes for anything, medical misinformation. They're so crazy about that. But, 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 um, oh gosh, what was my point? I want to say you're saying, okay, the weather, the weather manipulation, what is Billy Meyer go into that? Cause you're talking about, that's why I cut you off. I, I, but I'm sure. really, cause I know, I know they manipulate the weather. They admit that they can do cloud seeding. Cloud seeding has existed for a very long time. You know, probably since when you were a kid and beyond. I don't know how old you are. I, I don't know, 28, 24. 86, something. 86, so 34. I'm a little old. I'm old. I'm old. I look young. I have good skin. I have that alien. I might be a lizard. I think I see, I believe there are lizards. I'm telling you, not lizard, I don't know, but I, I'm telling you, there are humans that walk around us that are in charge that aren't humans. I don't know what they are. I don't know. Maybe they're they're androids or something. I just I just think there's some people that don't have the same heart that you and I have. Cause I think almost every human is like an animal, like a cat. You kind of want to help out somebody you see doing bad. That's just your general, it's just your general relaxation. And I think some of these people in power don't have that ability. Um, so like, I think they're almost aliens in that sense. Just the thing about, and this was something that was said to, to Meyer when uh, they were talking about how come every time there's some kind of a new development, something amazing, people say it must be from extraterrestrials. And the alleged ET said to, to Billy, the people of Earth don't give credit to a couple of things. One is their own genius for doing things. And of course, there's good and bad everywhere. And you've got people that have very bad agendas and people with good ones. You talked about, you know, I was just on to the environmental thing. Let me just tell you, they are very much against what Greta Thunberg is doing because she doesn't have a clue as to what the real causes and dimensions the according to this information the real damage and contamination to our world is so massive at this point that if people really knew it they probably would go nuts in 1948 meyer was told and we have in print 
that there would be earthquakes in central Italy between 2015 and 2017, severe earthquakes. They would be the precursors to five specific volcanoes becoming active, which would in the coming time after these earthquakes in central Italy, they would become active and ultimately they would really blow. Those volcanoes have since become active after those earthquakes occurred. Mount Stromboli, Etna, Vesuvius, Campi Flegri, and um, did I say, I may have said. No, you just, no, you just said all the Italian places. No, I mean, they predicted these earthquakes. I mean, the weather, the weather, I, I, I'm not, I'm telling you, I'm not clairvoyant, but Dallas, I believe, we had the weirdest snow ever. We've never had snow, or if we get snow, it's a little ice, it's a little this. We had a real three days, I mean, eight inches of snow, everything shut down because we didn't have the infrastructure for it. So I believe that they target cities where they know they have weak infrastructure because we were talking about the cloud seeding. Okay, no, go ahead, that's what we were saying. But we, we didn't finish your point about the cloud seeding, we talked about my age. That's okay. Cloud seeding has existed for a long time, since before you were a child. Are there things that can and have been used or are being used to target to try to manipulate the weather. Yes, but a lot of what people think is happening right now may not be so. Let me give you an example. In 2000 or 2002, I forget the first time, I brought photographs of the supposed um, chemtrails to Switzerland. And I said, hey, look what's happening in our, I was living in Los Angeles, not far from the airport. I said, look at this. They're spraying the skies. People are, you know, and, and they, they laughed at me. And they said, well, they're not spraying the skies, not yet. By the way, there are patents to do this kind of thing. They said, this is not, this is because of the, at the climate and atmospheric damage. So that natural uh, what you would call, you know, airplane contrails are behaving differently under certain atmospheric conditions. And that you will notice that a lot of this is in the vicinity of airports, blah, blah, blah. Well, I started to think about it and all of the propaganda coming out were being poisoned with barium and aluminum. And they, these people told Meyer, well, that's not accurate. And then I started to think about it for myself. Where are the hundreds of thousands or millions of people that should be in hospitals, not just for what we can't talk about right now, which I wish we could because it will blow your mind, but where are all the people in hospitals from the chemtrails and the supposed barium poisoning and all? They aren't there. And that's because this isn't right now. Are there weather weapons? Will they be used against our country? Yes. And we know who will do that? We have an approximate idea about it. It's in prophecies that we published in English in 2002 that contain information that has already come true and it contains the information about the weather weapons. But the, and you're saying though the, the weather weapons, um, you're saying it's not a big deal, but why do you think they're spraying the skies to block out so we don't see the sky? Do you think that's why, or you just think it's it's nothing? Here's, here's the problem. Again, I'm not a you know I'm I'm not a meteorologist, I'm, and but I did get the same answer from a meteorologist and from a pilot, and what they've said, Myers people said to him, that what you're seeing now is not weather 
manipulation. It is normal contrails behaving more bizarrely because we have damaged our atmosphere so much through the greenhouse gases, atomic testing, and everything else. They're saying that, and here's the other thing. If you're going to block out the sun, you think you can do it by spraying some chemtrails. What about the wind? And silly things like you spray it here, but now it's moved over there. And, and you're talking about protecting the earth from the sun with the little local patches of this stuff. Well, that's it, what Bill Gates is, says he's trying to do. There are actual agendas to try to do that that are pretty crazy and would damage our world very much if they actually carry forward with it. So that I'm just saying, according to the information, when I can't prove something. No, that's fair. No, no, I know, I know, no. I'm, we're not, this isn't a chemtrail show. I'm just, uh, uh, that's just weird that Bill Gates wants to put stuff in the sky. And I, I think you're right. I don't think it would even work. I don't even know how that would work. And, uh, you know, I, it's very weird. I, I don't know what the overwhelming incident, but what I want to harp on this. You think the, the, the atmosphere, the earth or whatever, our, our ecosystem is already severely damaged to the point of no return. Is that what you believe? Actually, that is, a, according. I, I give it to you according to the information in the case, parts of the ocean are dead. When Fukushima happened, we had information within five days about the nuclear radiation already being over northern Europe. When the uh, BP disaster happened, we already knew because of their information uh, how certain things were already settling from uh from the supposed substances we were trying to gather the oil together with, it was actually going down to the ocean floor and killing off life. The information in this case about the species that have been lost and what we are doing that will bring us literally to the brink of extinction, you won't hear it because it's not popular with the media and the corporations at all to deal with this level. The weather weapons that will be used against us in a conflagration that we're pushing for foolishly with Russia, are fire cylinders, hurricane type of weather things that can rage across an entire continent. Our country and other countries have very advanced weaponry. It's in development for a long time. We must not let this crazy Pentagon thing lead us to push for war with Russia and China. It's a war we will not win. It was, this was predicted 10,000 years ago, literally, literally. Well, well, real quick, will you say that? Because uh, what do you know about the Georgia Guidestones, Michael? There's these stones in Georgia that actually predict they want to get the population down to 500 million. Do you believe that there's going to be some sort of depopulation thing in the near future with the Here's world? Here's the crazy thing, and this is what will drive people nuts too. In this material, and we're not connected to the Georgia Guidestones, this material has said our population is way over sustainability and we must not do genocides and eugenics, but there are parties, very high levels of elites that will also use as an example, this, we don't, we are not seeing that now, but according to Meyer, what he published in 2017, we will be faced with, with race-specific targeting of peoples to drastically reduce the population because they know what we won't admit to ourselves. We are overpopulated. Everything's polluted, everything's degrading. And I, they, the information on that is massive. You won't find it in a lot of places. 
if because we human beings have not been rational enough to say limit family size don't go killing off people that's the crazy shit pardon me but that's the no crazy you're no, you're fine. And, 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 but this is what I want to say. Like, in my mind, I want to say, oh, climate change isn't real because they've been saying the ocean's going to rise, you know, this this many inches for so long. But this but this is my thing, is we do know I'm an animal lover. I don't even eat meat anymore. I'm saying I love animals more than I love humans. I have cats. And I think about the species of animals that have gone extinct because of humans. I mean, there's literally less tigers because we, you know, we go into their habitat. So well, I know that humans have an effect on species. So they can tell me climate Climate change isn't real, but we change the habitat of other animals, which change the food chain, which change the habitat of other animals. So we do have an effect on our environment. I mean, there's no way to say we don't. The insect population is that we depend on for pollination and all this stuff. Look, you're on. But what about the oceans? Why aren't the oceans rising, though? You know what? What is it? Where they rise? They've been rising for a while. Here's the thing. I, uh, several years back, a guy I know who's a former Navy SEAL and a diver sent me photographs, Long Beach, California. He sent me before and after. He'd taken some photos where they had the markers for the height of the water. Now, the last photos he sent, this is a few years ago, and he also sent photos uh, where he was in, living in Maui of the waters encroaching right up to the friggin' condos, the sandbags mm-hmm. all over. He sent me photos showing they don't even give you the marker heights anymore in Long Beach because the waters are rising. Year, decades ago in this material, they warned the permafrost will melt and release methane gas. And permafrost that- is real. That guys, guys, you can go look at videos of permafrost and, and that is, you know, half ice and half dirt that sticks together. When this permafrost, this foundation, when it melts, guys, I mean, it is like a, an avalanche of mud. I mean, it's it's videos are horrifying. I mean, it literally, I mean, literally they look like it out of a horror movie to see permafrost, like to be in that situation, trees falling down. I mean, it's literally like the Satan almost coming out and just making everything wet. I don't even know how to describe it. It's very, people need to look up permafrost videos, permafrost melting videos. That also imbalances plate tectonics. In addition to adding methane to the atmosphere and to warming uh, and causing more melting of more glaciers and- They say there's anthrax. Have you heard that there's anthrax in permafrost? Supposedly like an old deer will be caught in the permafrost or something and that that 2000 years later it'll it'll melt. And that's, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but I've I've heard that in passing. I'll tell you that there are problems where certain diseases from the past can and will be reanimated. And the climate change, yeah, we're, we're in for a bad ride. That's why I just almost beg of people, look, I'm representing the only, and I can prove it, but we'll get to it. If you want to contact me, I'll take you through the whole thing. The only ongoing UFO case, almost 80 straight years with one man, all the environmental information, everything you possibly want. For I say to people, forget the UFOs for now. The government's publishing a bunch of disinfo. We'll see what happens. Focus on our environment. Focus on how are we going to grow food? Over a year ago, I spoke about disruptions in the food chains and things because of possible things like lockdowns and all this stuff. So this is about our survival, not about crap UFO stuff. Wow. Well, people people in the chat there are getting kind of mad at you. They're saying they're calling you a eugenicist, Michael. That's what, that's the oh, meanest the thing they said so thing. far. No, this is the thing. Listen, here's the reasoning. If we, the people of Earth, don't reason our way through 
conscious, deliberate control of our own population, it'll be done to us by the so-called elite who know the damn problem is real and they don't care about our touchy-feeling things about animals or anything else. They're going to, they are going to do things. I have, you can read the damn predictions for yourselves, folks, and then figure out how did this man know all this other stuff? And how did he know the Russians would move their troops here and this would happen? How did he know in 1987 that the World Trade Center would be attacked by terrorists? Oh, yes. He knew that? Billy Meyer predicted that? You know, I'm a 9-11 nut. You know, I know a lot about 9-11. Predicted that and all, and so people go crazy. Is this guy? Is this guy? But let's be real, Michael. This, I mean, this guy sounds like like a prophet type of guy. Does he have a religion or something? I mean, is there some sort of? Is there some sort of? You know. No religion, no cult, no belief system. He's not. Nobody knocks on your door. No one's asking you for money. I do all my work for free voluntarily. If somebody pays me or buys a book or a DVD, thank you very much. It helps keep me going. They don't solicit money from people. If you want to donate to something, donate. If you don't, everything we publish apart from the books or films that we pay to have done, we give away all of it for people to determine the truth for themselves. I was approached in January 2017 on a phone call on a Saturday morning by a gruff sounding guy I did not know. For three months, he interrogated me about this. Says, I think it's a hoax, but he still talks to me. I think it's a, yeah. He disappears five months later, he comes back. He tells me who he is. He's a former top investigator and supervisor for the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigation and the Department of Defense. And he tells me, and then he shows me his certificates. And then he says, I'll tell you now, I thought this was a hoax. I investigated for eight months. It's absolutely real. And I will take on any skeptics on your behalf. The most amazing thing to me would be if this one man, Billy Meyer, could have hoaxed all this stuff. It's impossible. And, and listen, people are going to not believe it. And I, I know everybody's going to be skeptical, but I don't know if my mom's watching. My mom watches my show all the time. My mom is an alien nut. I mean, she says she, says she sees them all the time. I mean, she showed me pictures. I'm telling you guys, I don't care what anybody says. My mom is a nut job. And I love you. And I love you, mom. But I'm a nut job, too. I'm just saying my mom has showed me pictures where she says there's something weird in this picture. And it looks weird, like with her cell phone picture. So she is 100% bought into the aliens. And I don't want to call... My, I mean, I'll call my mom crazy because she's a little crazy, but I'm saying I, I couldn't tell her difference. So that's why, Michael, I'm interested in having this talk because I like, you know, talking about extraterrestrials and talking about this. And we're about to take some calls. Uh, 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 Adrian was just on hold, but there's he was just on hold. I didn't get to him fast enough. But guys, I'm going to put the I'm going to put the link in. If you guys want to call and ask questions, please check the chat. I'm going to put the link in um, and you guys come on. Any questions for Michael, please uh uh come ask a question to michael um but no i mean the aliens people are gonna say hey they're fake but listen i like listening to you michael because you have a very like i said you have a great delivery a great bedside manner how long have you been doing this and how long have you been in the uh ufo uh, uh you know research life i've researched this material for 42 years since 1979 and i've made public presentations for 33 years or so uh, maybe 34 years since 87. And it's all, probably only because you're so damn reasonable that I can sit back and relax a little bit. Cause some of my, I mean, I, I try to stay neutral a bit and balanced in interviews. There's some people and some things that do drive me nuts. I don't mind. 
challenges and questions, but you know, people should know and look into something and I, I'll help anybody for free with information. They make up their own mind. Yeah, my mom will probably reach out. I don't know. But I'm just saying, you know, I, like I said, there's always going to be skeptics. And I'm a little skeptical. But I'm a talk show host that wants to have a good show, that wants to have people on that I find interesting. So I can literally, I, I could also come on here and poo-poo on you. I can see why a, a person comes on your show. I mean, you go on people's show and they're combative because that's like the type of show they're. And people I like to be combative with. But Michael, you're such a nice guy. Why would I come on here and combat? With, I'm just saying, I'm a people person. I'm about the person. I don't care what you're saying. I care about how you say it. So you're saying it about it with respect and kindness. So I'm going to listen and give you the same respect you're speaking with. I want to show to you. So I hate to hear that you have some bad interviews. Real quick, tell me what's one of the worst uh, kickbacks you've had. Tell me one of the worst fights you've had on an interview. Worst experience. You left the interview. You hated the guy. Or me? they hated the experience. Yes. Oh, what's the worst I one you had? a couple people that said they wanted to really discuss the case, try to play gotcha with me. And the worst one was I had come home from the dentist and had some dental surgery. And the guy got his the time zone wrong by six hours so by the time we did the interview six hours later a guy named Stephen Cambion I was really kind of out of it and it was like a gotcha tricky thing and I I really pounded on the desk and I did, did all this you know crazy stuff and I, 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 later on I said oh my gosh don't ever do dental and <laughs> interviews about anything you know so I put a sign of a mirror for myself but other than that I don't mind people who are skeptical or you know, disagree. I I appreciate it if they are educated enough to give reasons for that. And if they don't know, I can say, well, I can show you information or read you to it. You have to make up your own mind. We're, we don't have belief system. We're not trying to recruit people to anything. I haven't knocked on anybody's door to tell them they got to believe it. But I am an outspoken advocate for this because I've had enough research experience, my own experience you know, seeing I received information from these people through Meyer in advance, warning me about a trap that was being set for me by a skeptic. And I heeded their warnings and I avoided a very bad situation that actually otherwise would have come true. And we had it's all published. So, was he like a Christian skeptic or something? What was he? I bet he was well, some Christian he's guy. He's a skeptic who has been after attacking the Billy Meyer case for couple of decades and i think the, the word is that he's fronted by the intelligence services and stuff and he, you know he, he tried to trick me into a thing and i was open for it I, oh you let's do a dvd together but if that's the caller i can save that story for another time well kate it always takes a second for the calls to uh come in and guys the the lines are open i'm going to put the link back in the chat because we had adrian on from romania we didn't get to adrian fast enough um but oh. uh, i just want to say you guys if you guys, I know, I, I should have got to him, but you were saying something interesting. I had him on. I was going to wait till the hour mark, and he he got off right before we went to the hour. Um, Kate, how is your audio going? See, everybody's internet is a little bit, you know how funny, so it always takes a minute to uh, connect. Oh, look, we lost her. We had Kate, and we lost Kate. Okay, now let, let's talk about this. Uh, Operation Paperclip. We brought over all the Nazi spies. Werner von Braun started the NASA space program. I don't trust. That's one of the main reasons I don't trust NASA. So how does Werner von Braun and and uh, and I also want to talk about? Well, NASA has a thing called Project Blue Beam, where they can actually, in their own 
declassified documents they talk about they have technology to 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 shoot things in the sky that would almost look like a resurrection like muhammad coming back or jesus coming back so what do you think about the progress of nasa and the culmination all the way to um uh uh well we have a uh we have, let me bring on Eric, but what do you think about the culmination of, you know, uh, Warner Von Braun and the, and the origins of the NASA program? About that. Should we take Eric first so we don't lose him? Yeah, yeah I guess. Him. Yeah, hopefully we don't lose him. I'm sure Eric will be interested in your answer, though. It, might, it takes okay. a minute for the people to connect. So, yeah. Oh, so, um, according to Meyer, there still is a possibility of a fake ET attack. Werner von Braun confided in a woman named Carol Rosen or Rosen years ago that the ultimate card that would be played, Vernon Ron Brown, former NASA scientist uh, and our space scientist, that a fake ET attack is one of the things that could be an agenda for the U.S. government. As for the Project Bluebeam, if you've heard of something called the miracle at Fatima from the early 1900s, where the <clears throat> alleged Virgin Mary is appearing in the sky, that was holographic stuff that was done by an extraterrestrial race and kind of nasty race that had been here. And we have a photograph that Meyer <laughs> handed a camera to someone in India. They photographed him sitting on the ground with a hologram projected above his head in the clouds, 1964. This stuff, I don't know if our government has it, they may, but most of the stuff, if the Pentagon had any real information about ETs, they're not going to tell the people about it. It's going to be another agenda. That's all I would say about it. Wow, I like that. Okay, Eric, are you there? It says he's still connecting with his microphone. Hey. Uh, oh, yeah, Eric, what's so. going on, my brother? Oh, not much, man. I was just calling to see how Primetime was doing. It sounded like an interesting conversation. Yes, you know, we're talking about UFOs. Uh, what do you think about UFOs, Eric? Oh, man, I mean, I, I kind of take a Christian uh, hard line towards them, man. I think we're probably talking about uh, fallen angel stuff and that kind of stuff, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting conversation. I just that that word extraterrestrial is interesting when it comes to flat Earth too. I was wondering how Michael thought, thought about flat Earth. Okay, I personally uh, don't be, you know believe in the flat Earth theory. I think there's just simply too much evidence. I remember I have a friend that is a flat earther, by the way. We've had arguments. I'm a flat earther. I'm a flat earther. I'm a geocentrist. I'm not a heliocentrist. I believe the sun, moon, and stars rotate around us, but I do think the sun, moon, and stars exist. But go ahead. So. The thing about it that there were any number of things I don't want to go off too much because I'm not an expert in that argument, but I will say this. It I am. I'm pretty good in it, but that's why I don't argue with about it. Go ahead. It requires an enormous conspiracy on Earth with any at all space agencies to have yes. managed to photograph the earth and any and all other celestial bodies that any of us can see through telescopes that are always giving us a wonderful flat perspective of that planetary body. It's, it's flat, but it's always, now it isn't flat like this because we wouldn't see it. They're all flat like that. You know, whatever ones we see, Mercury, Venus, Saturn, and they're all conveniently always from any place on Earth. They're always flat facing us. They're not round, as is obvious to me that they are, but they're perfectly flat. There's also some kind of a thing I think with Archimedes had long ago proven through a shadow methodology. I wish I knew that better, how the shadow 
that moves across the earth shows it's, it's a round object. They're tossing these shadows and sticks. Yeah, you can do that with a localized sun. That actually works. It can either be really far away or it can be localized. That experiment works both ways. But let me tell you, this this is the one thing that we won't even talk about anymore. See, this is how they describe the earth. They say that the earth is spinning 66,600 miles an hour orbiting the sun. And on top of that, we're, we're spinning the equator 1,100 miles an hour. And the ball is roughly 25,000 miles around the equator. So that means you have to spend about 1,000 miles an hour. And then on top of that, we're at a 23.4 degree tilt. And all that is happening. And all that is happening. And as we're moving together in the Milky Way galaxy, 4.4 million miles through an ever-expanding universe of space, Polaris, the North Star, is in the same spot every night, Michael. No matter what. The Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, are in the same spot every night. We can follow the transition of the stars. So that's the only reason I believe I'm not moving. But I get it. I don't necessarily know the shape of the Earth, but this is my last thing. You said pictures of the Earth. you got to look up a guy named Rob Simmons, a NASA employee. And even Rob Simmons says that the picture of Earth is Photoshopped because it has to be because the way the camera takes pictures, they have to, to fold the pictures together. And he has to add the clouds. So I don't know. You know, we don't have to keep talking about the Earth, but the, the jury, I'm telling you, and that doesn't mean there aren't aliens. So, so I think Eric is, you know, he's a Christian. Eric doesn't believe in aliens at all. But I think, Eric, you're saying you believe there are aliens from outside uh, uh, on the universe, but outside of the ice wall. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what I was getting at i mean i think that i think there's definitely things that we're being deceived about and we don't understand um yeah i just i don't know you know and i hear like what michael's saying and i think it's really interesting but i'm just i'm kind of wondering my <laughs> this whole time it's like so we have a super intelligent race that 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 somehow would would, would like us to keep um or I, I, how, how does it how does it work? Are they just not interested in us in general? Because it seems to be that they are interested in us, but they're not interested enough in us to disclose themselves to us. I'm just curious how that works. Sure, You're, you know, I want to say about what you raised in, in, in questions here and what what Alex was talking about. Think about just to go back to it for a moment. The miracle that you were describing about how the Earth exists and this angle and that and the speed, take a think about the universe itself and everything in it that always operates, whether it's a flat or a round Earth, according to immutable laws for billions of years. The genius of existence is so, the creation itself, this is such a, an unfathomable miracle existence that that, and that's what a lot of this case is about. I, I'll get to that later, maybe, but to address your question, these alleged extraterrestrial people revealed a lot of things that reveals their existence. One of the things they gave a lot of information on was that in their own evolution, in their own past, they were very destructive, high-tech, warriors like Star Wars on steroids, their ancestors had space travel. They did those kind of things of enslaving and, 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 and destroying. And you know, 52,000 years ago, they settled themselves down. They got rid of their political and religious systems. They wanted to know what the truth was. There were even more advanced people who came to their world to teach them and they settled it down. And they then felt because some of their ancestors, they say, were some of the gods of our history and some of the people who came here and screwed things up, they say they have a self-obligated mission to help us to survive 
now that we're in this insane nuclear age with things that they've had to go through and other races, and that it is of no benefit to us for them to come down, that's irrelevant to us. They've given us volumes, thousands of pages of information on just about any, not for us to believe it. It's not a belief system. It's a it's a teaching. It's like a textbook, and you have to determine the truth. You have to trial and error. But what they teach is also how we could learn to think more logically, to realize how powerful our thoughts are, whether we're conscious of them or not, and that it would be better for us to be conscious of what we're thinking and create things that we really want instead of worlds full of war and destruction. And it goes on. And they're not here to... Yeah, but Michael... Yeah. Oh, can I can I challenge that though? Like, why why isn't this? You know, like the Bible has this beautiful unfolding of how it's how it's kind of all propagating. But you know, these these supposed higher beings that that you're you're alleging all this information about, it doesn't seem like they're that they're all that uh, keen on sharing that information with us. And if they are, like, I don't know, man. It just seems it seems like this is. Eric, we have yeah. we have one guy that I predicted that's, Eric. That's it's funny. I knew Eric was going to come on and give you kickback, Michael. No, I no. told you. I knew he, it. I didn't expect. He's asking it, the right it. questions. He's raising the the kind of question that would be in so many people's minds. You see people say, "Well, why if it's true? This let's just say why this one man? Well, could, why not somebody else or these people? Look, I've said to people for over thirty years, it's because they came to this seemingly unlikely guy that we're hearing about this. And to answer what you really raised there about why they're not sharing, Eric, almost anything, including our religions and where they come from and what might've been changed in them long ago and things that are very sensitive for people that have those beliefs, all that stuff is in this case. That's why most people hearing the show tonight have never heard about it, though it's been going on for 80 years. Well, what I, what I mean to say, though, what I mean to say, though, is that this 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 amazing force that you're talking about that did all these things seems impotent as far as propagating the word. Like they, they're having a hard time getting the word out if they're needing to use a single prophet. Um, and then I, I don't I just don't see the backstory to this, that, that it could be anything other than a deception. Um, but it's an interesting. Well, hey, it's Eric, an interesting this thing. is my question. Yeah. Could Jesus be an alien? Could Jesus have been an alien? I don't think so. You know what I <laughs> mean? I'm just saying, I mean, he's an interdimensional I being. I mean. Yeah, I think me and you know better about where we where we live. So that, that'd be hard to that'd be hard to say. Yeah. What about the fact well, that but, you... but I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying no. I mean, seriously, the, the power of God. I mean, he kind of breathes life into us. I mean, that, that, that's kind of alien-ish, you know? I mean, I, I'm well, just, I don't, I don't I know. Think that, I think that Christians, Christians would take, would take, would take objection to Jesus being a created being or, you know, that, that the son of God is created and not begotten. That's that gets, that gets into sticky theological territory. I don't think you want well, to I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if an alien is created. I'm just saying like, you know, I guess God, I, I mean, they say it's like, this could be a simulation. I don't know who's pulling the trigger. I believe God, but I don't know what form God is in. You know what I mean? I don't know what, I, right. I don't think our brain can comprehend what form God is in. So well, like, what I'm saying that, is like this, this guy, this guy, see, I, I think this guy probably is, you know, uh, a prophetic person, right? You know, I'm not scared of the prophetic stuff. And I still think Trump's going to walk back in the office. So you're going to be coming over to El Paso. But no, the. Uh, <laughs> you still I, think uh, Trump's going back in? I, I mean, these audits are really looking do, good. Man. I really do. 
yeah yeah we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll check it out we'll check it out um but anyway uh yeah so you know you know i'm not afraid of that kind of stuff alex i just you know when i when i hear stuff like this um you know i i hear a lot of new age things what he's saying um but i think it's i think it's kind of well well underneath the the surface um it's just that nothing none of this is 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 new i just i wonder doctrinally are these things this is a good question for you mike are these things telling us anything you know as far as our origins and what we how we ought to live or yes. setting some sort of structure literally you God, how did you get this guy? Uh, the best mm -hmm. skeptic. He just ever. called in. Yeah, yeah, he okay, just called say, in. So, Eric, you raised a few things, and I want to address them. Here's something that I have said to to people who are religious all the time. It doesn't matter the religion. I, I, I've said it, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I don't mean to offend, but it, that's what I'm saying. I've said, here's the thing. Every single religion, certainly Judeo-Christian, Western religions, even the religions from ancient India, they all rest on a premise. And here's the premise. What's in this book is true because this book says it's true. And you can't take that into a courtroom and you can't take that into a kindergarten. Now, is it true because a book says it's true? Now, hold on. I know a lot of people saying, well, I have a personal relationship or I have this experience or that. But you just asked a question that was perfect about the origins of human beings and what you know what are we about how do we think and all so in this material and again let me be firm i can't prove things about 22 million years ago that are in this material all the way up through our current time i we've proved pro the prophecies because you did say it and eric you've heard of enoch you've heard of elijah You've heard of Isaiah, you've heard of Jeremiah, and some others. And they, according to this information, they did the same thing that Billy Meyer did. They met with these people who gave them information for our world, and they said that in every case, because people, for the most part, could not read and write, the information was taken by a select few, it was turned into belief systems or religions or whatever to control people, but the intention has always been to get to the electronic age so they could once again go, okay, we've got the last guy. And who's this guy going to be? And we don't want cults. We don't want religions. We want people to get a teaching that they are responsible to go through. So somebody raises their hand. They said, well, when they finally find the guy, he should be a pot-bellied, gray-bearded, one-armed Swiss farmer, and nobody's going to start a religion about that guy. They said, fine, that's the guy. Give him the material. Let him get shot at all these times. If he can carry it through, then the people of Earth can study and say, wait a minute, is it really true that we did have distant ancestors who came from the Syrian star system, a race up there who came from a race in the Lyran star system. I mean, there's stuff in here that, that there were people from a black space traveling race that came here 389,000 years ago, that the progenitors for the Asian races first came here 2 million years ago, and then 26, I, I wouldn't ask you to believe in it. I'd ask you to think, and you can you can email me to the cows come up if you want. Anything you want, we publish. No, that seems paper. that seems like a. But what I'm saying though, it's like if I'm if I'm a if that is a deception, I can kind of see how that would have legs, you know, with some sort of um, 
I don't know how, how like how Darwin was abused for example. Well, how you know, what probably maybe what he intended. I don't know, but how he was abused by uh, by Hitler or whatever. Um, it just seems like you're setting the stage for some very nasty things by the, by saying those types of like. But <laughs> for one, I, I I just I think most people. Wow, watching this he's called him nasty. That we. Uh, it's okay. no, I, Eric, no, Eric, no, not, not wow, you, not, not you. Oh, oh come not on. me, so but you're calling you're Michael. That no, I'm yeah. saying that these these types of these types of uh, genealogies, let's say, right, for, uh, that were that were a different star from star children from different places. I mean, what that can lead to, I mean, easily, and uh, is is some sort of eugenist type of uh, movement like we had in the '40s. It's reared its head in the '40s, and we, you know, six million Jews later, you know, or however. however hey, how, do, how does that, the but, Bible? Hey, how does the Bible describe uh, aliens? I don't think it does. That's part one of the problems. Saying, I, Heaven that came down from above. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I'm saying, so I don't think it does. But, but do they say that there's anything extraterrestrial in the Bible? Anything like that? They, what, what no, I mean, they, you, can, just, you can hear, you can see about like machines in the sky and stuff that like in Ezekiel and, and things like that. I think, I think uh, craft. Ezekiel says machines. Yeah. Wait, yeah, I I slow down. Sky. Everybody slow yeah. down. Everybody slow down. Everybody slow down. <laughs> In Ezekiel, it describes yeah. machines in the sky, Eric. It's, it describes machine wheels in the sky, and it describes uh, the spirits that control the wheels. Uh, it's very, it's very interesting. I'm saying, I think that I think that we are dealing with the supernatural realm here in yeah. a lot of ways, and some maybe that maybe humans trying to mimic it in other ways. I don't know. I, I don't. A know. flying so chariot that, was in the sky. Is that it's about? Yeah, Eric. This yeah. in the Bible it talks about flying chariots in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Elijah was taken up. Elijah was taken up. Yeah, in the, in the world with the chariots of Israel. Yeah. Okay, okay. That sounds. That sounds like an eight. I mean, I'm not even. I'm just being totally unbiased here. I'm not trying to. That sounds a lot like an alien abduction uh, story now. So maybe well, we're taking that from the Bible. Though. That's what I'm saying. I think. I think. But I would. I think. But I think. I think we're we're going the, the wrong way. I think what we're describing is biblical things, and then this deception is trying to weight it with some sort of star being type thing, which we, Alex, I, I think we know that's not true. So. So what I'm saying yeah, is I don't like, believe uh, I evolved from stardust. No, I don't. Yeah, think that. Sorry, I, I mean, I don't. but I'm <laughs> saying like an alien. I mean, so I, I think, I'm saying I, what, I think, what, yeah. what if an alien created us? You know, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, God is an alien, theoretically. In the New Testament, it is said, and God said, let us create man in our image. And there's another right. place in the Bible where the glory of the Lord set down in the center of a village. There were flaming shields. Now, remember something, Eric, your reference point here is a text or text from a couple thousand or more years ago from people who'd never seen a pencil or a flashlight. So they describe things anthropomorphically even, wheels within wheels and the four, uh, you know, beating winged beings were directing them, the, the chariots in the sky. Uh, God says, let Yeah, we have, but we're talking, we have a God, we have a God that's interacting with people. I mean, we, we know, <laughs> I, I think the, the Jew, the Jews of older Moses, you know, I, this, this this is a different thing we're, we're talking about. So that's what I'm saying. It seems like this, what you're saying is a layer on top of uh, being put on top of the Bible saying that, that it's a descriptor of what these things, the Bible is saying. I mean, what you're saying is uh, on one, uh, one side of your mouth, you're saying that these, 
people were, you know, simple people. And on the other hand, they were living during this time of extreme enlightenment uh, by star beings. So I don't think that those two match. Um, I, think I don't think he said that. There. No, I didn't yeah. say that. I didn't say that. Well, no, what I'm saying is that, what, well, I mean, what I was saying, well, you're, you're saying that these, these people were describing something anthropomorphically because they didn't understand like the, the what was going on. But, but at the same time, those those beings would have been able to communicate with them um, also what was going on. So that's what I wonder. That's what I mean. Yeah, but maybe they the weren't supposed thing. to communicate. Maybe they weren't supposed to communicate with them. Well, but who's who's making those orders? See, now we're pointing back to God, you know, the, the creator. Right, right, right. But see, but see, the same the same God, the same God creator that has revealed himself to man doesn't describe these beings as being star beings. So that's what I'm saying. There's a there's a discrepancy here um and one is being duplicitous and and you know kind of hard to get its information out and one is easily i haven't able i haven't to, heard him say star yeah. beings yet though i don't know i don't know the star beings. well he was he was talking about he was talking about like the africans for example coming from a different star system right was that wrong on that miss Moore? yes let me take the opportunity to say other another planet somewhere in space. I don't know where that is. And But let me make a, a point here. You have, with all due respect, you have a specific reference point that you view as the cosmology of what is true and real, as do people in all religious and uh, belief systems who have even differing cosmologies. They have the one true religion, the one true God, the one true this and that. So that's a belief system which you're of course entitled to. I don't have a belief system. I was personally shocked beyond my imagination when I read information in this case long ago about the actual origins of Israel because I had people in my family who escaped the Nazis, who escaped the communists and came to America. I'm first generation in America. And the things that they were telling this man about the actual formation of the state of Israel and why that was going to bring great trouble until these times. And I'm thinking, oh, these must be just terrible people from outer space to say such thing. Then I opened up the Old Testament and I went, wow, my goodness, unfortunately, as unpleasant as it is, here I'm reading about a God commanding people to slay every man, woman, child, and infant in their mother's arms without mercy because these evil Canaanites are child sacrifice. Oh, it didn't make sense to me. Then I read on a given day, the Israelites slew 25,000 people and God commanded this and that. And is it the same God in the Old Testament as in the New Testament? It didn't make sense to me. So I thought, okay, fine. I'm leaving that alone and I want to be able to think through and make sense out of information. Why would people from another world, like these alleged people, come to earth and give this man or anybody here all sorts of information at this time and warn him about specific things coming to our world that we should avoid? And you don't, you worried about eugenics? You don't even, you've never heard about Billy Meyer before. We're not knocking on people's doors. This isn't some hail this guy movement. For 80 years, they interacted with this man they've tutored him and taught him we're not out we're not marking to, to create a new religion in the world we'd like to warn people and everything that they've given him that we can test it's been true and they didn't do it to us they didn't cause the earthquakes and the volcanic eruptions 
They're warning us about an eruption of a volcano in the Canary Islands that can wipe out the east coast of America. And they were the first to warn about the potential for this terrible, huge tsunami at the Cascadia subduction zone that's going to crash into Portland. And three years after Meyer publishes it, Oregon State University comes out with the same warning. A 9.0 earthquake to run for five minutes straight with another earthquake and a tsunami to tsunami. I don't see anybody trying to deceive us. Nobody's attacked us. They're not trying to get us to, to do anything. They're not forcing us. And certainly if they are real and they got their technology, they could be making us do something. We've had war on earth for 10,000 years that they've had nothing to do with. So we have to think our way through here. Believe whatever you want. But let's not lay on this man and his teaching and his information things that are easily shown to not be what they're talking about. Well, in Eric's defense, he is a strong Christian, so, you know, he's never going to. I mean, and I think that's fair. I think Eric is really strong in his faith. I actually respect that a lot. Um, but I don't think Eric, I don't think you believe Billy Meyer at all, right, Eric? Don't believe anything. No, I, no, I don't think it's about that, man. I mean, I think. When you're dealing with a deceived deceiver, okay, like it's not. I'm not attacking Billy Meyer. I think he might. He, he very well likely is is doing what he sees to be right. I'm not. I don't think it's right to attack him. I don't think the war is with Billy Meyer. I think the war is with things that are deceiving Billy Meyer. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think probably what you're doing is taking a very special person and then it's. Have you ever heard of the term garbage in, garbage out, Mike? Sure, I have. And you know, Eric, I think you might be interested in something. I'm going to just give you a little teaser on. Billy Meyer is a co-discoverer of an ancient document that was found in a very ancient tomb on the outskirts of Jerusalem in 1964 that has a lot of fascinating information for people of the Christian religion and others who knew nothing about the Christian religion. So I won't say more about that other than to say that if you come across that information, decide to look at it, it might be extremely exciting for you for a number of reasons. It might blow your circuits out, but there are good, look, every religion holds goodness in it, in, in its places, and in my opinion, holds disinformation. Every religion is a belief system. We don't have a belief system. Is the information true or not? That's all I try to get at, to attribute supposed motives, or here's a good guy manipulate. Who cares? Why would an extraterrestrial race that can go through space and probably time try to manipulate our one-armed guy who nobody's going to look listen to re relative to the population of Earth, and a bunch of people are going to try and kill? He's not our. Well, it's, he's it's pretty clear that they are trying to. It's pretty clear that there is there is some manipulation going on at at some level. They would have manipulated him into a position of power. You know, you mentioned Adolf Hitler. Suddenly, he'd be the new messiah. Remember, all the true prophets of the past really got rammed. They caught hell. They were beaten, crucified, you know, nailed up, thrown out of town. It's not a, a good gig. You don't even know the guy, and you're already, you know, I mean, with all due respect, you're suspicious. He's being used by if these guys are. So being a prophet's a lousy, thankless gig. 
they were all good. They nailed it. They told the truth each time, including Emmanuel, who people call Jesus. Remember in 714 in uh, Isaiah, Old Testament, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. And 123, New Testament, Matthew, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. His Amen. name was never Jesus Christ. There is not one biography. No, Emmanuel means God with us, sir. Yes, hold on. There is no biography written by any contemporary of the man called Jesus Christ from the 60 or so biographers in that area in the Middle East at that time. No biography because that man by that name didn't exist, but he did exist. His name was Emmanuel. He was crucified and he survived the crucifixion. That's just you know, throw some hot stuff in here. But Eric, you and I don't have to agree. Yeah, you're trying to stir Eric up when you go with the Jesus didn't exist. Now, Eric, oh gosh, Eric, I bet you're pissed. Yeah. Are you gonna cut into it? No, it's fine. I mean, I, it's fine. I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, you you kind of made it clear to me that you're reading the Old Testament and you you saw an angry God. We've heard. We, I mean, this is apologetically. This is we've heard about this a lot. Um, and then rather than go to the scriptures to try and seek God, you sought outside of God and you were, you encountered. And, and, and also for, as far as the, as far as the, uh, uh, Billy Meyer and, and his prophecy, I, I would, I would say he's a false prophet, but in the old Testament, we were talking about, um, uh, uh, prophets. We were talking about false prophets. They're real prophets. They were just prophesying falsely. Um, so I don't, I don't take, I don't take away his. The man's gifts or anything like that but i think he's working for the wrong master clearly hey are you a dean odell guy eric uh, i i know i know dean, isn't I like he, dean but i'm not a, one of the isn't guys, he kind but, of a isn't he kind of a prophet type guy i i don't know man i don't want to speak about other people man you know i would say but, that we are seeking the truth the truth that will bring us to the truth at one point or another and the truth is often harsh. And that's it. We're, we're all in it together, folks. We, we're all on this little speck of cosmic lint floating around, however. <laughs> and you know, be careful what you say with this crowd. We're, <laughs> we're not here to do harm to each other. We're here to disagree, to make mistakes, to learn, to love, to have peace, freedom, harmony, and all that wonderful good stuff. And not wars with each other, but we've had those wars for thousands of years. And... Uh, we, it, people that are fond of this material, we don't, we're not fond of war. We're not fond of that happening. And we're realists. We know these things happen. We're not pacifists. We don't believe that you just turn the other cheek when someone slaps you. Meyer, um, in our film, I, I'd love to give you the film for free too, Eric, because in the film, Billy Meyer shows his gun cabinet. He, you know, all the Swiss men have- to Eric's a gun, Eric's a gun expert. I mean, Eric, you're talking to a gun master. <laughs> he he said, that's what he does. He's a gun, <laughs> well, he's in the gun business. He emails me, anyhow, Eric gets to me and just says, send me the film. You don't have to, I don't sell email addresses. I don't put you on lists. I send the film for free because it's interesting. And you can disagree with it all the way through that you want. But when you get to the gun cabinet scene, you'll like it because my partner that I made the film with, a German guy, Billy, because he was asking, he was talking to Billy in German, and Billy's pulling out his Kalishnikov and his bulldog revolver, all this stuff. And, and, and my friend Jack says to him, Billy, in German, he says, isn't that a bit aggressive? Billy says, no. And here's my bulldog revolver. And he goes on and he says, 
Every life form has the right to defend itself. We do not use weapons gratuitously when there, unless there's no other way to defend yourself or another person. It's a last resort. And people have to know you must, you have the responsibility to defend your life and others. But don't look to do harm. Don't do more, you know, run around killing people. He, he brought in serial killers. He shot people. He just told me, I remember when I was eight years ago, he said to me, yes, I, was, I did that for the police department in these countries, but he was known as the phantom in the Middle East. And he says, I never killed anybody. He'd been in the French friggin' Foreign Legion when he was 16. And he was one of the few people ever to walk out across the desert and survive it when he left. This guy... I mean, Indiana Jones, Luke Skywalker, the whole Lawrence of Arabia. You, this guy, Billy Myers, is an interesting fellow. We got to look into Billy Myers. Okay, okay, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Any anything else? Thank you for that. Uh, you got anything else, Eric? Before you go? No, man. No, I get out of here. I appreciate you guys. Thank, thank okay, you, Eric. See ya. Eric. Oh, yeah, Spence is on. Spence is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't leave, Eric. Eric, send me send me yep. an email. I wanted. I came on. I want to connect with you. <laughs> All right, is man, that why you came away, on, so, uh, Spence? I'll get with you in chat. No, no, no. I want to ask Michael a question, too. But before, because we got Eric here, I just wanted to say, yo, All yeah, right. send me an email, dude. It's a higher existence at gmail.com. All right, I got you. Says you right now. Got it. All right, cool. Peace. Hi, Spence. How are you? Okay. So, hey, hey guys. Um, <laughs> Michael, I, I wanted to. Um, I just, you know, I just wanted to um, compliment you. I mean, like, 42 years of research in any field, that's that's not nothing, man. And I, I'm sure that there's there's a lot of stuff. And, like, I could tell you're a sincere guy. You know, you want to you wanna get at the truth and you want to um, spread love in this world and everything. Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess my, one of my questions is, like what, what have you found in your research and in your work that's like some of the most esoteric stuff? Like what, what is some of the most amazing, interesting things that you've, that you've come upon that you, you might want to share with us? Okay. Great uh, question. It is a great question. And you've opened the door to something that um, I'm sure will be troublesome for a lot of people, but it, it is what it is. And only troublesome because they'll say, oh, I don't believe it. And there are no beliefs here. Billy Meyer has, for some time, published information pertaining to his experiences with his first teacher and his second teacher. First teacher, alleged. We'll just say it alleged. You've asked me the question. I'll give you the answer, and then people can do with it what they want. And that pertained uh, to a man who was called Sloth, who tutored him from the time he was five years old till the time he was 16, and then a woman named Esket from 16 on till about 27. And then in 1975, another woman supposedly called Semyaza, not Semyaza from the, you know, the Old Testament. Okay, in that material, Meyer has published information pertaining to time travel, things that he was taken to see in the past, things that he was taken to see in the future. And I mentioned a little while ago, earthquakes in central Italy. That information came from, I believe, 1947 or 48 time travel with 
this man's spots and the years were given 2015 2017 severe earthquakes I, i'm just remembering i'm not looking at it so severe earthquake central italy precursors to these volcanoes becoming active and then subsequent eruptions the five Italian volcanoes, the, the Eiffel fields in northern Germany, the chain of submarine earthquakes around the planet that were not known about in the 40s, and indeed ultimately Yellowstone too, and other things that I am, out of respect for Alex, I'm not going to go into details about something that we're all experiencing in the world now that was forewarned about action. yeah for the show in what he's taught what he's referencing is guys the mandatory thing that they're trying to talk about this guy billy meyer talked all about it. i was looking on twitter so that that hey we can't it just sucks i know i want to talk about it so bad michael thank you for being so I, respectful I, but but, yeah, but i can talk but, to spencer anybody about that through email or they can look at me and, and your Twitter. Oh, let me put your Twitter on here. But but Spence had a good question though. The esoteric stuff, you know, it's like what is I, I did okay. That's this last question. Is it time travel? People are skeptical of it. I think you know sure. they're why not? I'm saying what you know. But explain time travel a little bit or what you know about it, please. That's very interesting because oh. time travel movies are my favorite. The idea of time travel that's like the coolest thing ever or my favorite thing. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's really Spence. If that isn't really on the mark for you about what's esoteric. Tell me more about what you might mean and I'll see if I have information about that that I could share. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I guess I just mean like what sort of uh, documents have you come across that are, you know, things that you were just a little bit wowed by? Well, you yes. Know, well, I yeah, can but maybe, jump on that maybe, right away. Um, sure, but maybe think also just think maybe something like a little bit more like ancient, perhaps. I know you're talking about the, uh, the the tomb in Jerusalem and they unearthed the thing. So like so a couple of things like that, maybe where it's like something where like maybe we don't even know exactly what the origins of this particular uh, document or whatever were, but it's still like kind of piqued your interest. I think you can think of it. I would say the the first one I would think about would be the thing in Jerusalem, and I didn't want to you know ram it down anybody's throat, and I didn't want to force it on Eric. But it happens to be an essential part of the material here. Let me explain. I said in the beginning of the show the UFO is interesting, not the most important thing. The extraterrestrials that goes along with it. Then there's the prophecies, and those are very important, and I can come back to them because of what I found in the prophecy that blew my mind. But let's go to the reason for the contacts first, and that is to help us assure our future survival. Now, how is that related to a discovery in the tomb in Jerusalem? I mentioned also in passing the prophets Enoch, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, and even Muhammad, That'll blow people's minds. Oh, it can't be. We have been given a lot of bad info throughout the ages if we look at this and compare it. So here's the thing about Jerusalem. And this, again, no beliefs here. Take it, leave it, folks, or whatever. In 64, Meyer and an ex-Greek Orthodox priest who spoke a number of languages, his own Middle Eastern language, ancient Aramaic and German, along with Meyer was led, if you will, 
allegedly by the Playaren to this ancient tomb on the outskirts of old Jerusalem. Now, when they got there, and this priest had been there before, he'd seen this hillside, he was curious. There was an opening that had been partially dug away. Meyer and this man dug that opening out fuller so they could enter in with their flashlights. When they got inside, it was obviously a very ancient tomb with stones on the floor. Well, you're talking about the prophets had normal flashlights or, or lanterns no, 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 or something? No, 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 no. We're talking 1964 <laughs> now. Hold oh, on. Okay, okay. Okay. I, I don't Sorry, think they had flashlights. They didn't even have pencils. Okay, so it's 1964 or so in yeah. Old Jerusalem. They are inside an old tomb. As a younger person, Meyer had been told, you will make a discovery with another man that will be important for human history. It will pertain to the truth that has been long hidden for 2,000 years. So now they're in this old tomb. There are these chunks of stones on the floor, and he knows he starts unearthing them. And they find some figurines, and they find resin-encrusted, animal-skin-wrapped parchment scrolls written in Aramaic. Meyer doesn't read Aramaic. Issa Rashid reads Aramaic. In 1960, whatever his, he's entrusted with these scrolls and Meyer says, translate, send me to Switzerland the translations. In 1970, right around then, the first translation into German is received by Meyer, along with a letter that says, I don't know if I'll be able to do more because some powerful people in Jerusalem connected to some different religions here, found out I have something of great interest. I'm leaving. So he takes his family and the scrolls and he goes into a refugee village in Lebanon. Newspaper documents ver verified the following. That specific refugee village where Issa Rashid and his family had gone, where he had hidden the scrolls in the walls of a building where he was taking refuge, that particular village was destroyed by the Israelis. They came and bombed it. Rashid and his family escape with their lives. The scrolls are gone. Meyer has the German. He publishes these for the first time right around then. And he finds out from other people in 1974, that Issa Rashid and his family had been machine gunned to death in Baghdad, ostensibly by the Mossad. UFOs, where are they? Uh, let's keep the UFOs out of it for a minute. Meyer publishes this document and then publishes it in English in 1990. It's called the Talmud Emanuel, and it attracts the attention of a professor of comparative languages and was also involved in meteorology, by the way. And he says, oh my gosh, another Bible hoax. Let me add it. I'm going to rip the hell out of this one too. For a year and change, James Deerdorf goes through the Talmud of Manuel line by line, comparing it to the book of Matthew. He publishes his own book. It's called Celestial Teachings, 1997. And that book in there, he says, I have gone through this entire document and I've been able to tell 
that the Talmud Emmanuel resolves over 350 inconsistencies in the book of Matthew, 200, 150 which weren't even talked about until after this book was discovered. And my conclusion is the Talmud Emmanuel is the original teaching of the man we've known as Jesus Christ and that the book of Matthew was written long afterwards and is not the original. This is. And he shows sentence by sentence all this Wait, stuff. wow, wait, that's pretty deep. So you're telling me the Temple of Emmanuel is the story of Jesus and Matthew was a... Well, well I mean, uh, don't we know that humans, uh, I mean, adults... I mean, Spence might get mad, but did, Spence, don't you think humans oh, no, have changed the Bible at all? I'm sorry? Really no, it's a good... Really There's more. It's, and let okay, me yeah. just tell you a little more. There are things in the Talmud Emmanuel which are very close, almost exact to things like the Sermon on the Mount or things, but there are other things that are very different where these things are changed. We learn in the Talmud Emmanuel, this man had 17 female disciples, one of whom was Mary Magdalene, who was not, who was not his lover. We learn in here that there's a very real world explanation for what happened on the third day when Gabriel rolled the stone aside and we learn who Gabriel was and we learn more about the missing time. Remember in the, the New Testament, and I'm not a Bible scholar, I'm giving you information as best I, I can relate. Yeah. So we learn that there was missing time in the New Testament, right? Jesus is gone for all this period of time. This man was taken by his contact person, this prophet, Emmanuel, taken to India where there were already scribes and, and advanced teachers who lived there with some of the original teaching that had gone back eons and eons, and they taught him techniques for controlling his bodily functions, meditation, because it was known that this prophet was going to walk a very treacherous path and he would encounter something that without the training he would not survive it this gets into some very unusual places here and i'll just again go I'm there not... get freaky we can get weird as possible it's a conspiracy right. castle take so it as what as we go. learned is that this man was trained by his extraterrestrial human mentors by terrestrial teachers who were highly advanced they taught him more about the teachings of creation, the teachings of this universe. It didn't include a deity. It included that this consciousness, this thing that we live in, is not only there's there this physical universe, but there is a consciousness, if you want to say a, an overall spiritual form, that creates and sustains everything. And that the human beings indeed are the, the pinnacle of creation in terms of created beings, each human being having an eternal immortal spirit that reincarnate, that you won't find this in Christianity, that reincarnates countless numbers. Of, okay, we can go in many places. So this man, Emmanuel, knew he would die. He would be close reincarnated. And well, before any of that, he had a scribe whose real name was Judas Ishkariath. Not Judah Iheriot. Judah Iheriot was the son of a Pharisee, the man who betrayed him for the silver. That was true, but it wasn't his scribe. And his scribe remained faithful, traveled with him 
after he survived the crucifixion because when he was crucified, he had to put himself in a death-like state and knowing that those people around him would get him off the cross in time for the healers from India who would enter in the rear of that ancient tomb in time to minister to him and to help bring him back to consciousness and functionality. They would leave some figurines that Billy Meyer would find. We have photographs of that stuff in, in the book. And he, then Gabriel, would come. He would indeed paralyze people and move the stone away. And when Emmanuel would come out, he would be in the flesh with his disciples and say, oh, we can touch you. And, all. and he's going, oh my gosh, of course you can touch me. I'm a lot. And he takes his mother, his brother James, Mary Magdalene, Judas, Judas Iscariot, and a few other trusty disciples, including, I believe, Mary Magdalene. And they do leave because he's got to get out of there. He's He didn't, he had ascended a few times with his friend's help into their craft as Meyer has since childhood when they would teach and tutor him. Okay, again, caveat. We love it. No, we like it. I love okay. this story. This no, is good. Yeah. We'll go a little farther, and this will give you something interesting to chew on. He goes through different countries with his, you know, his companions, his family. He preaches in different countries. He's thrown out of these different countries. I think at around the age of 38, his mother, Mary, dies. It may have been in uh, Afghanistan or Pakistan. He and the, the remaining people go into India, where they settle in the area known as Srinagar, wait for the shoes to drop here. And at the age of about 45 or so, he marries an Indian woman who bears him, as they say in the book, numerous descendants, one of whom is a son he names Joseph. And 70 years after the crucifixion, when nobody's thinking about this anymore in Jerusalem, Ju Joseph takes the scrolls that Judas has transcribed for him and wrapped in animal skins and sealed up in a resin, goes down there, knows how to get into the rear entrance of the tomb, goes in, moves the stones, puts the stuff down, knowing that in about 2,000 years, another prophet from a northern country, a man, a simple man, will once again find and bring the truth of Emmanuel's teachings to the world. But it isn't over there. So Emmanuel teaches in India. And at about the age of 111, it said, he dies, and here it is, in India, there are two tombs. One is for Mary, the mother of a prophet. The other tomb is for Isa, a prophet who, in his time, and there are two feet that are carved into the base of the tomb with holes in the center where nails would have gone, who, came, who was crucified in his land and who came to teach us here lies Isa. Now, you can find books about this online. There was a book written independently of this case, Jesus Lived in India, uh, by a German guy. There is a historical record for all of this. You won't find it in your church, or you won't find it in your history books. Or It's hard to find. And again, this book, we, they did the final translation. Meyer was able to put information in there, background information. Wait, in this book, they talk about how Jesus moved to India? In the book, it talks about this? Yeah. 
So wow, this that's a good book. Is this in this intense book. Should be able to tell it's the name of that book. Like, yeah. So we have the uh, the Talmud Emmanuel. What was what's the name of this book? The Talmud Emmanuel, spelled with a J, is the name of the book. This is a book I published. The I published. Oh, I, same, same one. Okay. Yeah, so it's on the, I have a website called theyfly.com, and there's a little bookstore there. And, you, you know, remember before at the beginning of the show, Alex, you said, well, you want to come on to, to, to you know, to push your yeah, book. Yeah, what do you want to talk? Well, I just said, what do you want to come on to plug? That was not on the show. That was actually before the show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like, what do I want to come to plug? I, I don't generally come on to plug the stuff. But this is, a, for anybody that's interested, we carry this book. in It's in English and in German, so German speakers can actually look to make sure the translations are accurate. Again, there's information on here that goes back into Judaism and other religions of the time and the Canaanites and all sorts of stuff. It's it's an incredible friggin' book. Wait a minute, let me just grab it. If I have it. Yeah. Spence, Michael's a very nice guy, isn't he? He's yeah. a great guest. Even if you don't believe everything he says, I really enjoy Michael. I really like it. No. Yeah, you are, Michael. I know the way you say it, it's very believable. I believe a lot of what you're saying. I don't think well, you're ingenuine I, at all, Michael. I, I, yeah. I do want to say to you guys, for anybody who might be skeptical out there, um, Michael is saying almost everything that he's saying is true. Because, you know, the... the uh, in the book of Matthew, in the gospel of Matthew, there are 18 missing years of Jesus's early life. He's, it's, he, they leave the temple when he's 12, and then all of a sudden he's getting crucified when he's 33. Yeah. But there is plenty of documentation from all over India. There's plenty yes. of scrolls up in Tibet yes. that, that, that talk Wait, to a man named Issa, visited. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dude, it's, this, isn't, this isn't some big thing. And by the way, for all you Christians out there, when we say in the sacrament, he is risen, it's not because we anybody made that up. He actually came back to life because he did love the world so much and then set out to create the kingdom of Iessa, the or Jesus Christ's kingdom on earth. This is exactly what we're talking about. All this stuff is real, man. Like they, wow, they, and I doubt, Spence, way, I trust I you, doubt, Spence. I wouldn't doubt that. You know, the whole healers going into the back room of the tomb and healing him. I mean, maybe, I don't know. But without a doubt, he did rise. Okay? And so when we talk about this universalist faith and all this, uh, these guys that came over and took over some shit inside the papacy a while ago in the 1500s, and they kind of rewrote a couple of things and then pushed out the King James Version and the New International Version and everything, they, you know, conveniently left a few things out. Okay, but if that if this is all true, when they're talking about the uh, this this uh, this testament of Christ called the Talmud Emmanuel, that fills in another couple gaps, you know, and it really describes what probably happened because this guy was everywhere. There's there's accounts from him all over the world, man, of him visiting, and it's like if you're only 33, there's no way that that he would have been able to go over all these places. But if he if he came back and rose from the dead literally went went to went to, to you know you know whatever he died wherever and then he came back like that makes a lot of sense about all the other time that he would have spent and it also makes sense why he was depicted many times as like an older man type of figure like a middle-aged guy you know so it and really this, it really well, makes a lot of sense 
This is well, let me make this point. The, right. the India thing, no, I want to hear the India thing blows my mind that there's all these accounts of Jesus in India. I want to look into that all tonight. Um, but, but, uh, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. The Jesus anything. Then talk about what you were just saying. Show that picture, India. I had a question. What was it? Uh, go ahead. It, what were you just showing in that book? Monty? It was a drawing that was provided by the play Aaron because the, uh, the original drawing by the play Aaron was a little crude. It's the darker one here. And the, oops, let's see. And the one that's a larger one that um, right there was reworked with the assistance of the play Aaron, uh, working with someone there to say, you know, more of this, more of that. So little. this was more of what he looked like, the actual man, according to the information in the case. I had in here as well, the, I talked to you about little things that were found in the tomb there and i have them as well i don't know that this is going to well, show well this, this is my question i just remember so 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 the credibility of the book of matthew the missing years well and, and that, that this talmudic uh emmanuel is the original matthew the book of matthew to me and i haven't obviously read it but it does seem why would they why would that part be missing it makes no sense why i mean what what is the what is the reasoning for that you know that well that yeah, exactly. to me a lot of that stuff was rewritten by these, these, uh, you know, the guy Paul or whomever it was, you know, yes. these, these college, the Cardinals type people that were out there in the, in the library, you know, reading, uh, writing some stuff, you know, that's what happened, man. And there's lots of evidence that the Bible is like, you know, contains, it's copied from older books. And there's, there's those in, a couple inconsistencies you're talking about where it's like, yeah, the exact same line. You know, it just goes to show that they probably were, were referencing something else. So, you know, when they did a little bit of this rewriting, and it's not to, it's not to illegitimize anything else in the book. I'm just saying there's obviously there's truth to be found where deception, you know, lies. But I'm just saying, like, a lot of this stuff that you're talking about, Michael, is, is I think, more, more rooted in fact than um, a lot Make of people believe. have been able to contemplate recently. Well, uh, you're and one of the things, bro, I just wanted to say you're, you're yeah. talking about the different faiths before and, and uh, how everybody's has this account of the one true God. But that's not to say that they're not talking about the same guy because they are. They're, they're all saying this is the one true God. It was, it was never meant to be this contest about which one is the one true God. They're all they're all <laughs> they're all talking. They're all referencing the same thing now. So this is why this is why Jesus literally connects it all, because he's referenced in all these places, you know. Well, there's, I, I, I will, you know, say this: there is sufficient information in this book that is is mind blowing that may alter even some of the ideas we have about that and a, a you know supreme deity, a personified deity, as opposed to something that we cannot put our fingers quite on in, in his comforting way. You're correct about uh, all of these texts that, because none of the gospels were written at the time of the events. They were written decades later, decades later, and not even often by the people who were there. This stuff got handed around when you go through this. If you, if you go through, this is a hefty book. I mean, this is- yeah, Show the cover of the book, show, but put it in front of your chest so it doesn't mess with the green screen. Put it like in oh, front sorry. of you. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. So that's the book, and, and that and that is on uh, theyfly.com. Is that correct, Michael? Yeah, 
and, and it's and on it, your Twitter. And, and what's your Twitter handle? I'll put it after the thing. I, I forgot to put it in the chat. It's Michael812. The number is 812. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. But but this book is on your Twitter is what I'm trying to say. If anybody follows your Twitter, they can find your connection to this. Is that correct? Yeah. And you can always, if you find me on Twitter and you say, hey, what was that book? You know, I'll connect with you. And again, I didn't come on to try and sell books and videos. And Alex knows that. You said that. Yeah, that's very true. At the very beginning, I go, what would you like to plug, Michael? And he said, I don't want to plug anything. I just want to have a conversation. He did say that. It was very honest. That is, But that's what somebody that would, a good salesman would say. But go ahead. I'm just saying, I'm a professional salesman, Michael. I sell cars for a living. I know. That's exactly what a person would say is I don't want to plug anything. Sure. Don't, don't, plug. But, don't pick up the book. It's, it seems like there, there might be some good stuff in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might pick it up. It's well, Spence, what else? You, oh, what, you got anything else for us, Spence? Oh we're going to wrap this like... show up here in a second. Um. Okay. Well, I guess since we're plugging, um, if you guys go to the Black Pill, go check out the presentation I did. Yes, your episode just came out. Was it yesterday? Yes. So so, so everybody needs to go to Black Pill Radio. It's literally on all the podcast platforms. You go to Apple, Spotify, and you can find Black Pill Radio on YouTube. But everybody needs to go to listen. They just interviewed Spence. I haven't listened to it yet. I want to go take a listen. But everybody needs to go listen to Black Pill. Keep plugging. Yeah, check out the visual presentation. They they um, a lot of people are happy with it. I think we did a good job. So just. Yeah, go. If, you know, you can also listen to it, but we go through a, a gallery of a lot of images and everything. Um, so yeah, it's on Black Pill, and then if you guys want to find me, it's uh, SoundCloud.com/slash The Light of All Nations. Well, Spence, I'm gonna watch it, anyway, and I'll have you on, and you, you and you can come next week, and you'll do the presentation on my show if they don't get mad, if they don't. Come. <laughs> all right, sounds good. See you, all right, Spence. go ahead, Michael. Sorry, I want to hear. I want to hear. Oh yeah. Well, Michael. Okay, 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 okay. Well, let me let me highlight you, Spence. I'll keep you on for the rest of the show, but I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight I'm gonna highlight. Oh, I think he just hung up. Well, Michael, tonight yeah. we've been over two hours, and I want to tell you, listen, you've been so respectful. I've had such a pleasure talking to you, and I've learned an innumerous amount of things. I don't even know if that's the word numerous. Is that a right word? But what I'm just I've learned a bunch Ooh. of new stuff. Yeah, and whatever. I've learned a bunch of new crap. All right, guys. I don't need to sound smart. We're talking to an expert. And guys, listen, I can tell how you're skeptical. I'm skeptical of a lot of stuff. And some of the stuff Michael said, I'm still skeptical of. But the way you present it, it's hard not to believe it because you have such professionalism in your delivery and your approach. And I have to say, you're very well researched. So the effort that you put into this, Michael, is no doubt you're successful and you should be appreciated and respected when you talk about this. Now, do you have to believe everything? you say no nobody needs to believe it people just take it like you said with a grain of salt so i want to say you have big cojones for being able to come on here and go guys like eric who i love i love eric you know but he's these christian guys don't want to hear you talk about million years old space aliens that 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 messes everything up so you have a lot of uh you know bravado coming on these shows and doing that so i want to say thank you and and i'll have you on again michael definitely and i really enjoyed it and what, what do you want to say for the people at home watching you and how can they find you michael well, I have a blog. It's called theyflyblog.com. And I have a website, theyfly.com, where we have books and stuff. And for, I mentioned this briefly er, earlier in the show. I like to give away a download of a film that we made called The Silent Revolution of Truth, because it's a pretty fair balance film where we have pro and con people also. I bring on a therapist. I bring on a guy from the army. I even gave a whole section to a skeptic so he could try and attack the evidence. And I, I do that because 
we're not trying to cultivate belief. F fundamentally, if I can use that word, because, okay, I'll tell you why I use that word. In 2006, I was in Switzerland, and I asked Billy Meyer, I said, Billy, is the Iraq war fundamentally about oil? And he said, no, fundamentally, it's about your dollar. I said, huh? He said, if things go a certain way, you may as well roll cigarettes with your paper money. And in 2017, he elaborated on the coming global financial crash and how it will affect people in America, how the government will here literally turn the military and the police against us. The people in America will be dispossessed. Uh, now, why martial law? It'll, it'll be martial law. So, what? How did? When did he predict the financial crash would be? Because the digitization of money, we know that you can't even get change. Can't use cash anywhere. So right. that, that's the last thing. What was his kind of financial crash uh, prophecy? Well, he told me in 2017, uh, 20, uh, 2006 is when he specifically spelled out that was about your dollar. You may as well roll cigarettes with it if things go a certain way. 2017, in a, in a prediction that we have published on my blog, he, he elaborated on the world uh, financial situation, what will, will bring about the crash, how mismanagement in every form of bank and industry and uh, where people will really game the system and cause the crash, how Americans will literally be dispossessed by this. I mean, I'm reading this stuff. Like I told you before, there was something I read years ago that really shook me up. And that was in 86, in a, in a prophecy, in the first publication of what was called the Hanak Prophecies. It says in there, in the future, the United States of America will have two coming civil wars. And it can't be helped but that the country will break up into four or five territories under various sectarian dictatorial rule. And I laughed out loud. I was with a guy who at the time was representing this material. He, he was the guy who was doing all the stuff on Billy Meyer. I was, I was doing new age comedy and singing. I was his opening act, okay? So I'm laughing and I said to him, Randy, what is this guy talking about civil wars in America? And he said, yeah, that seems pretty far-fetched to me too. And I said, well, I'm not laughing anymore. I have a document now on my blog. I list all the times that I referred to this. And then he talks about in 2017, Alex, he says, and you know, I could be bringing stuff up and jumping around, but I'm just- Yeah, but I get it. No, I, we don't need yeah. the, the, the right. I he like, fits. we're just talking this out. 2017, he says, the rulers of America, I'm paraphrasing here, will, will be threatened and endangered by anti-government actors, governmental and anti-governmental, anti-government actors. January 6th, four years later. I mean, this stuff has been... That is domestic terrorism. It's ridiculous. And the domestic terrorism idea is fake. I mean, I mean, I mean... Well, you know, you they're, I'm saying they're creating... I'm not saying there aren't domestic terrorists. I'm saying they're creating this. They want the idea of domestic terrorism so they can put it in the police state, so they can do the Patriot Act 2.0. Published, I think it was back in 2015. He said that all the terrorist acts in the U.S. between 2001 and 2015 could be traced back to the American Secret Services and FBI. I 100%. I agree with him on I, that. 
I would, I, I read, that was another one where I went, what are you talking about? But then I had this friend. We funded Al Qaeda. We, we, Charlie Wilson's war. There's a, but we literally gave them the money to fight Russia. We actually taught them how to train and how to organize. We, we created Al Qaeda. And they're not the only ones. We we train terrorists. No, of course, Nicaragua, Iran, Contra. We've been doing this. We've been we've been uh, taking yes. out uh, dictators all over the world. Here's the problem with this: in the Hanak prophecies, when they foretell that the United States of America will be a, a country of total destruction, the reasons for this will be manifold. In her self-appointed role as the world's policeman. And under the pretense of fighting global uh, terrorism and globalization, America will create many enemies worldwide against her. The destruction of the World Trade Center by terrorists will be only the first act of things that will befall America that will seem unbelievable to the people of the world. Published in German, 1987, on my website, 2002, that's after the attack. But here's the kicker. Not from Billy Meyer, foretold by the prophet Enoch 10,000 years ago, presented to Billy Meyer on February 3rd, 1987. Whatever. Yes, and where the, the play Aaron says to him, here are the prophecies of Enoch or Enoch. We have put them into contemporary language because at the time, 10,000 years ago, there was no country named Russia or the United States, but this is what Hanak was referring to. You'll recognize these are the countries. And so when they said in there that Russia, in English, the latest translation in English, 2002, the Russians will move their troops to Arkhangelsk in preparation for the attacks against Scandinavia. And then in 2011, when the Russians moved their troops to Arkhangelsk, and when a month ago they announced that they were creating their military bases up there, several years ago, a friend of mine, I'd known the guy, I hadn't seen him in 50 years, a skeptic about this, a retired doctor, physicist, conservative, he, he had told me I was crazy about to follow this. I sent him that information about the Russians moving the troops. He said to me, come over and bring your camera. I've, I've changed my mind and I have it on my website. This man is not a paranoid schizophrenic. Our government should be listening to him. I was in the, this is my friend, the doctor, retired doctor. I was in the military. I flew over that part. Our Kongelsk is under almost year round cloud cover. It would be a brilliant staging area, not only for attacking Scandinavia, but for what is in the Hanak prophecies about the coming attack against the United States state of Alaska that draws Canada into the battle. Listen, there's stuff in here, but here's the problem. While this stuff might sound crazy, the Russians did move their troops to our Congress. The long foretold rise of radical Islamist terrorism that Meyer is the first person to warn about in 58 and in 87, and all this, the coming destruction of Paris, the burning of Paris. I had a skeptical professor up here that brought me into his classroom twice to lecture. One of the reasons was that I gave him the prophecy forewarning of the attacks that took place November 15th or 17th, 
2015 in Paris when they burned the city. He said to me, guess what I said to my wife? I already knew about this. Thank you, Michael. People, this is, this started off as a discussion about UFOs and skepticism and all this business. Well, this is something else and you are invited to, to research it and to not believe and, it. And my audience would love this stuff, Michael. My audience loves it, but real quick, real quick, we're talking about some crazy stuff. Are you, this, just for you guys to know, Michael is not, this is not Michael for you guys. Everybody keeps saying, this is not Michael. This is not Michael. Is a different person. You are not the Heaven's Gate guy. Everybody's saying that. This guy is not, you're not this person. Unfortunately, there's only so many variations of human faces. And I have this one at this age. Hey, has somebody said that before? Has somebody said that before? I'm getting rid of the guy. He's a creepy guy. But has, has anybody ever compared? You're better. You're more handsome than he is. You have a better, way better body, energy, language. Everything's better than that guy. Well, thank you. Uh, people have done that. Of course, you know, look, w people have tried to kill Billy Meyer two, two dozen times. I've had death threats online from, from a crazy person. Uh, so there are people that take this rather badly. And they take it personally. They take it personally take for some personally reason. And they, they are, they hound and they troll and do all this stuff. And it's just like, it comes with the territory. But look, I found something that I've had many other things in my life. I've done many other things and I've had many other opportunities and I've succeeded with things. And when I found this, I thought, whoa, I do a few other things, but this is going to be it. Because if I can find out the truth here, I'm going to tell it. And I am just very grateful to have found what for me is, is the truth. It may not be for other people. That's up to them to decide. That's perfect. That's beautiful. It is all up to you guys to decide. And I'm telling you, Michael, thank you for coming on. Your, you know, your energy, your delivery, everything, you know, was excellent. I didn't even expect to have such a great interview because like I said, I didn't know you from Adam, but I'm happy that I met you. I think I'm a lifelong friend with you, Michael. And I hope that, you know, all this terrible stuff that's going to happen in the future, I hope that honestly to God, no offense to Billy Meyer, he's wrong. I hope we can somehow right the ship. I don't necessarily think we will because I don't have a lot of faith in humanity, but I do have hope. So what else we got to say? What, what is the last thing you want to leave us on, Michael? I just, again, I want to reiterate that I want to give people a free film. If they want, they get in touch with me through Twitter or through the website, through email. All you have to do is say Alex. And, and if you're going to say Alex, make sure it's this Alex time and not Alex Jones, please. Or, or say free, and I'll know you got it here. But, and you, I send you the download link to the film. That's it. No strings attached. And that I am have to tell your audience, when I saw your stuff online and I saw you, you on Twitter, I thought this is the last guy on earth that I should even reach out to. He's going to want to skewer the hell out of me, but I've got to reach out to him because I don't care. I've got to get on with you. I'm telling the truth here. I, I thought, you know, I don't want to go on with people who are UFO believers. I don't want to. I do any interview. Anybody in the UFO community wants interview, fine. But I don't want to preach to the choir. I'd much rather present this to a room full to of new people. To new, new people. people. And, 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 
Hey, you know, real quick, Michael, that always makes me feel funny. People are like, oh, you're going to scare you. I mean, listen, I can put the heat on. But like I said, I'm interested in what you have to say. I don't know everything. That's what I really don't like is somebody that's just so close-minded. Guys, we need to open up our minds. I'm not saying that we have to believe everything we hear. I'm not saying that. But we need to at least give somebody, you know, the proper courtesy to listen to what they have to say. If they're Because this is the most important thing. It's passion. Michael, you had passion. You reached out to me passionate. I don't care if you were talking about potatoes. I knew that what you had to say was going to, well, I'm saying I, I, I've, I've read a little bit about public speaking and that's what they say. The number one key to being a good public speaker is being passionate about the thing you're speaking about. That, that's like the, the number, you know, there's obviously more techniques to public speaking because there's people that love stuff they can't speak. But I'm just saying, if you're passionate about it, it's easier to speak about it. And you actually have passion and drive. And I have that same thing. So I see myself in you and I respect you for having that. And that's why I was never going to come on here and barbecue and you. I was going to give you the, the utmost respect because you reached out and people reach out all the time for interviews and 95% of the time I say yes. So having that moxie and that gall makes you a badass in my book. So thank you, Michael. And, and I've said this last time. Is there anything else or anything else? We got to end this show, Michael. Air Say fryer. goodbye to the people. Air fryer. He's going to get an air fryer. And, and guys, make sure to go to theyfly.com to find Michael's stuff. You can find him on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. I've retweeted him on Twitter. Michael, this this whole show's on Twitter. Make sure to go give it a retweet after. Can, is it, what do you have can to say? I send a, a, a YouTube link because I want to send it to Europe and everybody. I'll send you the YouTube link, and I'm telling you, the whole episode is on Twitter too. I, we're on about 14 different platforms, yes, and I'm going to send you multiple links. You're going to be able to share this all over the world. And with that, I bid you a farewell, Michael, and have a lovely evening. Thank you, guys. I just want to say peace and good night. See you, Michael. Thank you. What a great show, guys. I can't tell y'all how much I appreciate it. Each and every one of y'all, God bless y'all. This show, what can I say? I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't do this show without y'all. I love y'all. Peace and good night.